All right, guys. Hey, welcome to I Am Comics Podcast, episode 21. I am Josh Casper. With me is... The Bizarre Mumbo Jumbo, a.k.a. J.J. Kirby, Grumpy Wizard, number uno. Number one, indeed. <laughs> and we have a very special guest with us today. Very special. Uh, special like the short bus. Ain't that wrong with that, man. Come on up. Get, a, get, a, get some of this on his mic. You know what I mean? Let us... Let us um... Okay. <laughs> Lost my train of thought real quick. But our Mr. Matt Dunford is here with us. Oh, he is? He oh. is, he is, he is. And for you people who don't know who he is, Explain. in case you messing up, okay. Okay. <laughs> is the Mr. Chairman of SD Comic Fest. Yes, I'm the chairman of San Diego Comic Fest, the uh, newly appointed guy. The, mm. uh, so it's uh, under new management. And uh, we're starting off this lovely convention uh, from February 17th to the 20th. So that's President's Day weekend. And we would really appreciate it if you came by for a visit because uh, it's a whole lot of fun. We're going to talk a lot about things like Jack Kirby mm. and the X-Men cartoon mm. celebrating a 25th anniversary. Damn. Also, 25th anniversary of Batman the Animated Series. Um, I'll be moderating a panel with uh, John Semper, the creator of the Spider-Man cartoon, and mm. talking about his animation oh, career right. and things like Fraggle Rock. I mean, the guy worked with Jim Henson and George Lucas and Stan Lee, just to name a few, in his yeah. animation career. Wow. And I get to talk with him. Wow. Hey, are, you, are you prepared? <laughs> I'm prepared as I'll ever be. There it is. There it is. Because that's, that's... Also, to name a few of things, I'll also be hosting a talk on the uh, San Diego Comic Art Gallery, which nice. is located down in Point Loma at Liberty Station, owned by IDW Publishing. And that's always a delightful place to go. Well, we IDW. went there last time. It was it was a fun place. So that's oh, that's yeah. Wildstorm yeah. alumni, so I know what's up with them. Okay, okay. Yeah. Cool. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm loving it. Sounds like a fun time that you um, are gearing up for. There's a lot of prep that you got to do. You got a lot of a lot of hands to help you get this stuff together, or did like it's a passion that you like found yourself into and taking uh, the reins of. Well, taking the reins over the convention is really actually, you know, something that's been really good because, I mean, I hit a lot of conventions. Mm-hmm. I probably yeah. hit like 40 conventions a year. I rarely have weekends at home, so I'm always hitting cons, Traveling always man. hitting events. Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm like, why do I even have an apartment when I'm such a nomad? <laughs> yeah. Oh, because I am a hermit. There you and, go. These place keep your comics. Yeah, because like, you know, <laughs> I'm a hoarder mm-hmm. and, mm-hmm. you know, I still need some out. I booked it for all my cards. Right. So. Hey, man. Somewhere to keep your long boxes. You can buy so, a van, but you can't put it in the van, you know? Nah, <laughs> I, get all, I get a lot of creepy looks from the kids. Like, <laughs> yeah, right? Hey, kids. You I want got to read some comics? comics? They're in my van. <laughs> like, come <Yeah>. on. <laughs> no, no. Legit, I wasn't kidding. I got too many. I'm doing it for free. What are you doing? It's like a rolling comic book shop. Right? Yeah, so... <laughs> As, as things go, um, so for those wondering about San Diego Comic Fest, yeah. this is now the fifth year of the convention, and yeah. it was uh, started off by two gentlemen. They, it is started by Mike Towery and the late Richard Alf, who is sadly no longer with us. Mm. They're the founders of San Diego Comic Con. Okay. Yeah. okay. So I don't know if you people out there have ever heard of... San Diego Comic Con. It's a little event. What, what is, what is this? It's the biggest in the world. I'm sure. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure they, you know, want to come. But you know, it wasn't always the biggest in the world. Yeah. 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 You know, yeah. it was started oddly enough just by Mike and his group of friends back. That's in, what I heard. Yeah. That's what I heard. Back in 1969, as the story goes. Yeah. So they were all just hanging out. These group of like you know 15 year olds that were just hanging, reading comics in their mom's basement, just like hanging out and reading comics and drinking sodas and stuff all day long yeah. and they thought you know it can't be us surely there are more yeah, people more, out there yeah, yeah, yeah. More than us. Of this. Yeah. so they thought you know wouldn't it be a, a great to have like our own comic convention like yeah we could hold a place 
a place that we could bring in our friends. So we can geek out. Yeah. 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 And so they got this idea and put it together. So they went to their uh, local magazine slash comic dealer, a guy named Richard Alf, and they proposed the idea to him to see if he would want to help out with it. And then he said, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. And I know a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy who knows a guy. (laughs) Who knows Jack Kirby? Oh, oh damn! Well, prepare for that now. Yeah, <laughs> got your flashes. Oh, go ahead now. And that person was JJ Kirby. Ah, all, right. all family, all Boom. fam, all fam. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> so anyway, Richard uses his contact to get in touch with Jack Kirby, okay. and they actually proposed to invite him as the guest to the first, the first comic convention that they wow. were holding. Wow. So they get in contact with him. Damn. And he actually invites them up to his home in Thousand Oaks. Really? So all these kids, they pile wow. in the car. Yeah. They pile in the station wagon. Yeah. And they go up and they meet Jack Kirby. Oh. Uh, that's, woo. Did they even? I get tingles yeah. right now, dude. Like, that's, yeah. I guess they knew what they was doing. Like, that was that, that was honoring right there. That was Jack Kirby. Yeah, yeah. That's... The man. His crib. And his crib. Wow. And they got wow. to hang out with Jack for the day. Yeah. And he was as nice as can be. Damn. And he was so happy to have them in his presence. Yeah. Talking about all things and all comics. And they started talking with him. And so he, and as a tribute to these inspirational young teenagers, he actually drew them as characters in his fourth world series that he was doing. Was it for other people? No. Or just They me? were the San Diego five string mob. <laughs> Remember those guys with the oh, uh, energy instruments who yeah, tried to yeah, kill yeah. Superman? Yeah. Oh, damn. Really? And the youngest in the bunch, a guy named Barry Alfonso, he was just like this nine-year-old kid in the group. He was drawn as Clary on the Witch Boy. Really? <laughs> oh, wow. That is cool. That is real cool. So yeah. anyway, what they did is that first year at their event, they held it. And it was called California's Golden State Comic Convention because San Diego wasn't okay. a widely known city at the time. Yeah. So Interesting. it attracted 250 people that first year, and they all signed their names in the guest book. The first person to enter the convention uh, and write his name in the guest book was a fellow by the name of George R. R. Martin. Ha! <laughs> really? Don't know if you really? him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He was the first man to sign his name really? in the guest book. For people uh, you guys don't know, that's uh, Mr. Game of Thrones right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's a writer, author, everything. Yeah, he's the guy who made... Really? And yeah. he is a massive comic fanboy. If yeah. you look at classic Marvel issues from the 1960s, if you look at the fan letters, there's a lot of them with George R. R. Martin was literally writing really? in every other issue. That's cool. It's wow. amazing some cool. of the talent that you find in those like letters uh, from the bullpen and everything. You never know who did what. It was going to turn into who. Yeah, that, that's... Yeah. Hey man, that's some cool that's letter columns, you know? Yeah. How we were talking so, about that before. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So anyway, what happened next is we proceed into the next year. The yeah. second comic convention, okay. which attracted about five hundred people. And then Jack just he said is like, Look at this, look at how big and how amazing it's gotten so far already yeah. on second year, already doubled in size. This is so great. Yeah. Just like just you wait. This is going to be the biggest thing in the entire world. Yeah. You'll see. It's going to be the place where Hollywood comes to show off the films they made last year yeah. and find the movies they're going to make next year. Oh, damn. He said that? He says it'll be so big it'll take over the entire town. And they all just laughed at Jack and said, no, <laughs> wow. way, crazy old man. However, wow. uh, Jack was the Nostradamus of comics. Right. Yeah, he, he was. He had vision. Wow. And wow. those visions often came true. Wow. 
And so, I mean, nowadays, I mean, at Comic-Con, you've got like 500 people in line in front of you at the ATM. Yeah. And Wait on the bathroom. And Or waiting <laughs> in the bathroom, and then by the time you get there, you have uh, doubts about using it. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. It's like crazy. Comic-Con is the biggest in the world now. It's like, it's ridiculous. And it came from that. Just its humble beginnings after, you know. Snowball. Yeah. Like, so let me ask you. I know that when they were trying to reintroduce the um, the, the, the original Comic-Con at the Hotel Circle. Because I remember, like, five years ago, I remember they was coming around advertising about that. Yeah. And I was like, oh, that's cool. That's cool. That's cool. But it's like, to, to, to get it again, it's like, like... Have y'all found the love? Are you finding the response of people acknowledging, like, you know, tradition and history of it? Is, is, is Comic-Con overshadowing? Is it too much comic books in San Diego now? Is it, like, it's just big right now, you know what I mean? Well, this is a comic book town. There, there's, no yeah. such th- there's no such thing as too much comic books. Oh, I there's agree. No such, there's yeah, no I such agree. thing. And then people are saying to me about, like, well, you do this, like, you have these two conventions. Aren't they going to be, like, you know, painful? Or don't you, like, so do, 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 are you doing this because you hate Comic-Con? No, I love no. San Diego yeah. Comic-Con. No. I mean, if you're saying that Comic-Con ain't the best week of your life, you're... Right, you're right, right, right. Yeah. Now, the thing about, you like, you know, the, stuff, the yeah. biggest <laughs> problem at Comic-Con is there's too many cool things to do. But that's a pretty good problem to have. Yeah, 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 that is. I tell people all the time, like, if you come to Comic Con without a purpose, you'll you'll get distracted easily. It yeah, it's so fun, like panels, just panels, the free stuff you can do outside of Con. Stuff, no, no, yeah, like, like and, and so the whole thing there, it's like you know, it's like there, there's always something for someone to do at Comic Con. So right. Don't tell me you had a bad time. At right, 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 right. If you didn't. If you had a bad time at Comic-Con, you didn't plan according. That's you. But, of course, you look at the original focus of Comic-Con. It was just a small, intimate convention that where these, you know, fans could come and hang out with their, you know, these great creators yeah. in a small, relaxed environment. Yeah. And it was just the coolest thing in the entire world that you yeah. could just go have, like, you know, like, you know, like a snack with Jack Kirby or something. Yeah. Or a drink at the bar with, a, with like, Neil Adams or something yeah. like that. And it was... Uh, <laughs> <woo>. <laughs> nowadays, the cool. thing is, at the bigger conventions it's a little more difficult a little difficult to do i'm not saying it's impossible but it's a little more difficult to do because you know you're waiting in a line yeah and like this and sometimes your only interaction with certain creators is like at the microphone it's like right. hi i'm a big fan of right. your work and it's <laughs> right. like and right. um my question for you is right my, my question right come on get this love don't be scared and trust me i'm guilty of that too ah. Have I ever did that? I know I would like, yeah, I, I'd get starstruck by like the artist or the writer, and I'd be like, um, I know. um, um, um. You know, for like, me, I think for being an artist behind the table, I, I recognize what another artist is going through or creator when I see them yeah. at Comic Con, and I'll be like, oh, that energy is real wild right now. I can't go over there and say hello because yeah, they're strong. Yeah, yeah. Or I'll be like, you know what? I'm going to say hello because I know what's up. And I go, you know, like Adam Hughes, that's my homie. Yeah. Always busy, always got a crowd around him, but they're like, I, I have no problem going up and saying, Yo, Adam, what up, son? Yeah. Give me some love. And he give it back. You know, like Travis Tress. Yeah. It's such a such a reclusive, like, you know, like, you know, shy, introvert type person at the at show, but it's like, that's my homie. I'm like, yo, something's happening. Go chop it up with him most, a little bit. Most artists are usually shy, like, you know. I think that's what separates so, me. I'm not shy. So it's it's when you when you have like the outspoken one, like that's the best because you have like the better time. When you have yeah, a shy yeah, guy, you, I mean, you might be like, okay. It, you, it's cause like the whole thing about, you know, comics as an occupation. Yeah. It's a very it's not a very social one. That's just the thing. It's like you're, you're, yeah, it's like it's like because you yeah. create, because you you draw alone, you read alone, yeah. you write alone, and yours. all of a sudden when you're thrust into this very open atmosphere with a lot of people, it's, it's, a, it's all it's a kind of a change in dynamics, especially for a lot of people who like work in that isolated environment. It just becomes difficult yeah. to make that change. And yeah. some people some people thrive, some people don't. Some people that's are comfortable true. with it, some people are not. And yeah. that's true. 
that is true. I know that, like I said, at Comic Con, when I see, because uh, I talk to the, I talk to the fans, I talk to the people. You know, yeah. anybody want to say hello? You come say hello to JJ. So I ask them questions like, you know, so how are the other artists acting? How are they responding? What is what's the vibe? Yeah. And they'll be like, you know, oh, it's all love, it's all good. And they, and I think a lot of the fans respect and understand that artists are reclusive people. It's like back in the days, it's like um, when I was working at Wildstorm, I equated it to be an invisible rock star because there was like there was no internet. Yeah. yeah. And it was like you know. You know, you, you unless, wonder you unless wonder your picture you, is out right, there, right, they're not right. gonna know you who, who you they are. are yeah. You know, so like I never coming from Ohio, I never went to any conventions except like one in, in Ohio, and that's why I think I met uh, what's his name, did Scott or Bob, Bob McCloud? I think it was Bob McCloud who did Iron Man. Uh, Bob McCloud, who was the inker on Iron Man. Yes, he was the finisher. Yeah, yeah. I think I think I met him. I think he was the first artist I met, and I showed him my stuff, and I don't think he dug it. And I was just like, <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> How you not? Yo, man, I'm hot in my neighborhood. What you know about this? Yeah. So it, it, I mean, I've, I've seen some pretty scathing letters from Ooh. like, you know, uh, artists being tearing people apart. And yeah. The Neil Adams tearing apart Frank Miller. Ooh, I've seen the, the, uh, what? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, that, that was one of the more notable ones. What's the other one? Uh, Think of like the other one that comes to mind right now, mm-hmm. but like uh, Steve Rude being torn apart by Alex Toth. Shut up! Mm. Really? Yeah. Oh my god! And you can tell that Steve Rude is just a fan of Alex Toth. So with Toth being like, nah, man, I ain't fucking with that. It's like I I, re- I remember. I'm not sure who the other guy was, but I know Eric Larson did that a lot to. I forget who it was, cool. but he, he did it a lot to somebody at, uh, at Eric's the man. Uh, I love Eric. You know, John Byrne. Burn, like, John Byrne never gave anyone good advice. He just tore you a new ass every time. Really? <laughs> yeah. I can only imagine meeting him. I don't think I ever met him. He's one of my favorite artists. We talk about him all the yeah. time on this podcast. But to meet him and him having this, I don't like this. <laughs> just just be like, ah, right, you know, just rip it. Oh, yeah. I could probably just melt. Like, no! <laughs> like, when I met Arthur Adams for the first time at Comic Con, that threw me for a loop. Because he, uh, I think he was going through something in his life during that time. You know, whatever. I, I, I chalk it up to that. Because I didn't do nothing to him. I'm like, you ain't gonna be mad at me. Yeah, nothing. Yeah. So, um, Scott Dumbier introduced me to him. And I was like, yo, man, big fan. Love your, love your work. Oh my God. You know, just like, he was like, who is this motherfucker? Who is this? Yeah. I was just like, JJ Kirby. He was like, this is JJ Kirby. He one of the interns at Wildstorm, you know, up and coming artists, blah, 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 you know. He was like, oh, okay. And I was just like, I'm not getting that energy from my favorite artist. And I'm, I'm never get starstruck. I don't care. Yeah, you know, yeah. I work with Jim Lee. I'm like, I don't care. You know, that's, that's, that's what we do, <laughs> you know. But it's like, Arthur Adams was like, my God, it's my, my, love his stuff. Yeah. Like Saturday morning cartoons with cereal. Yeah. Love it. But he wasn't feeling my flavor. And so I was just like, I was like, man, this is not what it do. So I was like, instead of being upset, feeling like jaded, I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna chalk it up. You probably having a bad situation in your life right yeah. now. It ain't me, it's all good. So then I saw him again uh, the next year, and I did, after I did X-Babies. Yeah. Uh, I was doing artwork for X-Babies number one. Yes. So I went by, I was like, Arthur Adams, check this out. You know, look, yeah. look, look, this is, you know, look at this. And he looked at like, oh, you know. Okay, I don't think he remembered me. He was like, oh, that's good. You know, you should show this to Marvel. And I was like, no, I'm, this is for Marvel. I'm, I'm the artist on the X-Babies. I'm, I, I, you know, homage to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, oh, snap. Okay, well, uh, this is me. This is who I am again. Yeah. And you know, I just want to say I love your stuff. And hoop hoop And every year since then, I made sure to be like, you know what? You are not going to shake me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you come to this Comic Con every year, you you're gonna see me. JJ every year. <laughs> and I love comic book conventions because not everybody travels everywhere. Yeah, yeah. Like you only see me at Comic Con for real. Like I'm trying to do more this year, but you only see me at Comic Con. I only saw art at Comic Con. Yeah, it's usually like the like from your region, you know, because like yeah. we're, we're San Diego, so we get lucky to have some LA cons and the, our cons that we no, have here. No, we are here. so spoiled with and conventions. We yeah. got like you know so many conventions. Here. 
every single yeah. time. It's like, yeah. like I said, I rarely don't have a, con- a weekend where I don't have a convention just right. because <laughs> it's always in SoCal or wow. Vegas or Arizona. Wow. It's like, it, it's, wow. yeah. Moving and shaking. So which is your favorite? The big one, like Comic-Con or something that's more intimate, you know? Like- you know, I honestly say for me, if I were to pick my favorite convention out of all of them, mm-hmm. I think the most well-done one is Long Beach Comic-Con that usually happens in September. Really? Okay. Long Beach Comic-Con is my favorite one because really? it's just the perfect size convention. <coughs> not too big, okay. not too small, okay. always brings in a great array of talent, okay. great array okay. of of programming okay and they always mix it up it's never like the same people over and over okay again. So okay that's really cool it's very okay. forthcoming and, and welcoming to the comic creators to the filmmakers to the okay. costumers okay. it's just the welcoming environment and of course for animation people it's the welcoming yeah. environment that everyone should be looking for in a convention okay i remember when they first started long beach um and then like i want to say the first year of long beach wow it was amazing really? sensation it, it was like we knew it was as a, as a creative. Yeah. And it, yeah, invited to it. It was just like we knew it was going to be um, a local, you know, cool event, you yeah, know. Yeah, yeah. But then you get there, and it's like it's like you said, nice size. It was um, come everybody coming up in there, nice group of talent and everything. Uh, it, it's just it began and ended on a ni- nice locale. Yeah. It was just it was just like a nice situation. And then it's like I want to say they switched management, who was operating it, and then they became like they they, they stopped it for one year. Yeah. They tried to bring it back, and it wasn't the same. So I want to say it's gotten that mojo back. If hearing you describe it, it's got that mojo back and feeling back. Yeah. So it's like, but at first it was like it was like wow, this is cool, this is cool. I want to say then they they took it away. Then I want to say what the year that they tried to not do it or they took it away from Long Beach was when they went to L.A. I want to say that's what they did. Well, they, it was it was usually the the thing about the conventions always uh, it was done on Halloween and then mm. like the comic yeah, cosmic really. folks booked their dates on Halloween and so okay. they had to sh- do there was some some, some type of connection there. right so it's like you had to do some rearranging for the conventions and okay. so they had to like put theirs earlier so that may have been the attribute to the slippage for you. okay but the thing is I just I think it's just been better every single year I mean the first year you know. It's always kind of undecided about conventions. Are they gonna are they gonna last? Are they gonna last? They had like a lifetime pass that I could that I decided to buy that first year for 150. Because I think you know, like give a couple of years. And it's like un, I mean, unless the convention goes under, yeah, but of course right. it has not gone under, right? And right. it's just completely it's completely doing its thing. Yeah, that's amazing. That's what we're talking about. Like the year they took it to LA, we went and it had a shady feel. It had a weird feel. It was <laughs> right. Like, it was the sensation, like all these comic book geeks with their big bright color bags and yeah. costumes running around LA. And all of a sudden, after the comic convention like shuts down, yeah. everybody's running around LA with their bags and shit in, in, in a homeless looking area. And it's like seedy looking people running around all of a sudden. You know, it just, just homeless. It just changed the environment. Yeah, yeah, it's, changed. It's, it's not. It's not the exact but, environment that you really want. But the thing is, like, I think that area surrounding the Long Beach Convention Center for me. It's just like such a good environment. No, that is. Yeah. Right by the marina. Yes. You have like all these malls. Uh, yeah, some restaurants like, uh, to go to. Downtown. My friends are yeah. always ended up at Roscoe's Chicken and Waffles afterwards. Ooh, that's, yeah, yeah. That's it's always the must. <laughs> that, is, that is the bomb. I, I, I messes with it. Snoop knew what he was talking about. So, yeah. you know, I yeah. take, so as chairman of San Diego Comic Fest, I do like, you know, look at the conventions I do like. Okay. And, yeah. you know. Why are you doing that, knowledge? That I not so like so much. Okay. But at, like, I look at, you know, what is the what I want for the convention and of course the mission statement for the convention now 
I want this to be to remain a small and intimate convention. Yeah. I, mean, I like having right. a lot of people, but I don't really want. You know, to... it's inevitable though. Yeah. Like the more people want to come to it, if people have fun, gonna have to, they're, yeah, they're gonna they're gonna come the and they're gonna come. Get out, and it's, it's gonna be there. Yeah, it, it, it's, it's your fault for making it so damn fun. But you know, but, but that's, know. The mission. that's the mission. Blame you. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's like as you get as the as you work it out, it's just going to get bigger. It's like Comic Con, seeing it get bigger naturally then Hollywood was like hey we gotta get our mitts into this and yeah. then people just be like oh yeah more free stuff more seeing actors and everything it's just a natural progression of a situation like that yeah. so it's like as much as you want to keep it intimate it, that's gonna be a challenge for you I mean I really like the interaction that you know the creators have with fans and everything at this con. Of course. But of course, like looking at the progression of the con over the past the past five years. Mm -hmm. When the conventions first started five years ago, the first two conventions I went as an attendee and I will admit they were a little rocky. Okay. They were a little rocky. (laughs) Third year, um I got involved uh, with the convention. There was a guy I was working with, and he turned like a guy whose company I was working for, and uh, I, I was warned about for should not have been working with, but <laughs> like you know, and but he introduced me, you know, into the upper you know crew of San Diego Comic Fest, and after okay. they realized that. I was the one doing all this work, and that the uh, other guy was uh, not so uh, not so reliable as yeah. they would have hoped. They asked me to come on board to help out with the fourth year of the convention. Yeah. Now, last year at San Diego Comic Fest, in terms of the convention, it was perfect. Was it? It finally became the convention that it needed to be. Yeah. What did it do? What was different? There was just way too much good stuff going on within that <laughs> small space. Yeah, way yeah, too many yeah, good yeah. guests. And like, the thing is, it was still, you could do all this stuff, but you just couldn't do it all at once. Which okay. is a good problem to have. Yeah, yeah. Because one of the problems with conventions options. is, you, you want you want your options. Mm-hmm. It's better to have too many good things than not enough things yeah. to do at once. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like I said, like I said, I've... I've, I've um, let people in with my guests pass. Be like, yeah, let me let me you, let, let you experience this yeah. comic book convention. You know what I mean? And then it's like, I have people. I'm like, yo, what did you do? And they just walked like, around. Right they're like, oh, it's cool. You know, it's cool. And I'm like, you didn't buy anything. You didn't talk. Do anything. You're like all these options, and you don't. If you don't tell them, like now when I, when I have somebody come as a guest, I'm like, look. What is uh, something that you want? What is something that you're looking for? What's a, what's something that you need? Or, yeah, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. I give them a purpose. Just so when they walk around, home and do nothing. Right. You may as well. Right. Get, right. Get I'm like, for your buck. you gonna yeah. use my you gonna use my guest pass? You better do something with it. Don't just come up in there because you want to. You know, like, oh, what's this? I'm yeah. like, no, 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 no. You know, respect what we well, got going that, down. That's, that's what Comic Con has kind of become. It's the thing where like people can go who aren't even into any of that, but it's just something to do, or they got the ticket, or their buddy gave it to them. That's, and, and, that, and that's what I've always hated, yeah. and this is why I like the whole idea and everything of a SD Comic Fest. Is mm-hmm. I, you've heard me complain a lot about Comic Con where I miss when it was just comics and you could talk to like just the any, anybody. Yeah, the creators and anybody there have a good time. Yeah. So like the SD Comic Fest, that sounds just great like right up my alley so the problem is you're gonna have a lot more people that think like I am and they're all gonna go and then that's when you're gonna have more people because we love Comic Con come and join us if you love Comic Con but but it doesn't it doesn't like to me Comic Con is not that comic powerhouse that like like Comic Con was before what are you looking for then that's the question it it was like the favorite artist you wanna find a t-shirt just artists comics like I'm trying to look for like stuff and the cool thing is Comic Con is is kind of like been um they've been selling more comics now they've been doing like vendors like local vendors and stuff because before it was like marvel and dc just well, seemed like yeah, they owned it all 
Yeah, I mean, like sure. when I look, when I harken back to like my first Comic Con experience, mm -hmm. I went the first time I went to uh, San Diego Comic Con, I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. It was nineteen ninety four. So basically, what was happening um, was I was just you know at my I was just at my uh, at my house and like just watching the X Men cartoon. We were <laughs> celebrating his twenty fifth anniversary at San Diego Comic Fest. So please come and meet the creators of the show it's at San Diego. Great, Comic great cartoon. Like great, 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 I like that. <laughs> and then I saw in a commercial for Come to the San Diego Comic Con happening downtown San Diego this weekend at the convention center. And I was like, Hey, Dad, Dad, that looks cool. Can we go? Right. And he says, Yeah, sure. So after the X Men episode ended, you know, we all just you know piled in the yeah, car. Just and got just in, got in. Just got yeah, just got in the convention. We went. We just well, you can we, just we walk just, up the yeah, stairs yeah, back in the yeah, day. We, <laughs> we just we, we went down, you know, we took us ten minutes, we drove from our house here in Mission Hills and we drove. We parked there. And you found parking, parking which parking. was important. Free parking. <laughs> and then we walked in now. and like and then there was plenty of free parking too. And then we walked in, we bought our passes. We uh walked around for a while and then uh I was just, you know, walking around, hanging out, went over to the Marvel booth and got like an uncut uh sheet of uh Fleer uh, Spider-Man cards oh, that look really cool. That's like a Mark Bagley set. So oh, that, I remember that. Yeah, set. yeah. And yeah. then this uh, this older guy uh, signed it for me, and I just uh, held that on. And then just walk around for the day, just like looking at stuff. It's like, wow, this is really cool. Yeah, and then I right. picked up some X-Men figures and like some trading cards yeah. and that sort of thing, yeah. and just having a good time. Yeah. And like got a sneak preview of the uh, Spider-Man cartoon that nice. is also going to be showcased yeah. at San Diego nice. Comic Fest this this uh, this weekend. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And Come get some. Come get some. And then at the end of the day, uh, some guys w went up to us uh, as we're leaving, say, "Hey, you guys done with your with your badges?" Yeah, sure. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> Share the now, love. Now none of that is possible anymore. No. no. To decide to go day of, no. to park there, Unheard of. to buy a pass the day of, giving your pass away. You yeah. better be. And I certainly Jesus. wish I would have known who that uh, that gentleman who signed my uh, my trading card sheet. He goes by the name John Romita Senior. What? Huh? <laughs> Man. Well, that's the thing. When you're an eight-year-old comic fanboy, the only names you really know are Jim Lee, Stan Lee, and Todd McFarlane. That's, right, the, that's right, how it was. Yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah. right. All image. <laughs> but man, you got to meet the um, real folks. Like, 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 back, like, seeing? That, yeah. That's why. That's like what I love about awesome. Comic Con. Like, you could, meet, you could awesome. meet them, but you <gasps> never, you, like, you didn't know, you know, because you were a kid. And that was yeah, the great part of it. I, know, I, I just know. remember Comic Con when I was a kid, like, seeing Klingons everywhere. I'm like, is this a Star Trek convention? But then I saw <laughs> comics everywhere, and I was like, okay. This See. is cool. And then every year, like how I said before, is you had like at least one TV star, two TV stars, maybe yeah. one movie star at Comic Con. Now you have nothing but Because those, you know. but they would be fans though. Like the, the stars. Yeah, yeah. Like when most I, of them were fans. When I got hit the Comic Con, it was like uh, when I first came out to Wildstorm and, and like the studio was like, yeah, we're going, we got Comic Con tickets yeah. for everybody on staff. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> like, what is this? I'm coming from Ohio and not knowing anything. So like we go to Comic Con, we got the Wildstorm booth and we got the big ass posters that I trip yeah. that type poster we're doing everybody that's my work for and signed the stuff was given away my first comic con experience was being behind the table with, with Jim and everybody else giving away posters and saying we represent Wildstorm yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was just like this is cra right? crazy crazy did not like crazy yeah. and then and that was, is like the fact that Jim could be there and not be swarmed right oh he got he still got people he still got people what it was, Wildstorm had like, you know, you have your own booth, you had like a little closet yeah. door room that they, they put all the stuff in. He oh, was yeah. back, you know, he, he can go back there in the office area and chill <laughs> away, chill, come out yeah, when he want to. Yeah. They walk the floor when he <laughs> want to. But to be able to like be experience Comic Con with like the whole Wildstorm crew, yeah. like, like blowing my mind. Cause I didn't know what it was. I thought I would go every year and then it's like, um, 
like I didn't wasn't even messing with Artist Alley. I didn't know anything about it, yeah. you know, like like back then. But now Artist Alley is a part of what it is, um, meaning all these code, like all these artists that I'm like, man, you do the same thing I do. Yeah. You look like this. I didn't know you look like that. I didn't know who you were. <laughs> oh, we got good energy. Or oh, you want to get a drink? Or you do this? I'm like, that's cool. Yeah. Like like I, like I can't even frog want to ask you this. Um, to make a convention that's more centered around the artists again, because Comic Con started from like you know meeting Jack Kirby, like you said, and meeting artists and fans and artists connecting. It wasn't about Hollywood. It wasn't so much about Marvel and DC. It was about like yo, I'm I'm your favorite artist, or I do these books that on your favorite books. Come check for me. And it's like, oh, you make yeah. this? Let's, let's, what's up? And you shake hands and yeah. you get a sketch and you get a signature and you make that connection more personal. And you realize the person that's drawing your favorite book isn't a dick. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And that makes a big difference in a person's, you know, like an introverted person's yeah. life. Yeah. It makes it so, and creators take note, it makes so much more of a difference when you're not a dick. Amen. <laughs> right. And I, I tell all my, like, I have people come back each year just to shake my hand, get that JJ Kirby hug, you know, feel my energy, you know, give me, I give them honest critique. And I tell anybody, you come to my table, I'm going to give you critique. Just know that I'm going to give you a critique. I ain't gonna, yeah, yeah, I'm yeah. not going to fluff you. I ain't going to try to tell you the wrong stuff and set you up for wrongness. I'm going to break it down. Build you, and that's, break you and down, that's build the good you thing. Up. That's, yeah. but that's because, what, because that's what you want. That's what you can get at Comic Con. It's a, it's a competitive industry. It's yeah. an entertainment very, industry. Very. So you need to be, you know, you need to prove that you are the best entertainer for the job. Yeah. And of course, like you know, with you should do with every comic page. I'm not an artist myself, but I'm an editor. Mm. So what you should do with every single page in the storytelling is inform and entertain. Amen. And if it's good enough, you can do the key one: inspire. Amen. Yeah. Amen. He know what he's talking about. I, I see. I see. Yeah. Okay. Okay. See. Getting to know you. That's that stuff right there. For real. So, um, what about, like I said, this convention, would you say, um, what is y'all's je ne sais quoi? Is that your old school, trying to do some new school stuff? Or y'all trying to be like, yo, we got more artists, or we get more grassroots? You know, what, what separates um, the convention you're working with now than, you know, from what it used to be, or the other conventions? Is it just like another convention? Is it just another gathering? One word. Balance. Ooh. Okay. All right. We have something for the older crowd. Okay. For people who want to remember the old days, yeah. the comic cons in the seventies. So okay. it's like you know, if you like your member berries, we can bring in something <laughs> for that. Damn member berries. Yeah. Okay. okay. So remember the comic? Remember what before comic cons got big? Yeah. 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 Okay. But okay. of course, we also have you know new school stuff. We have new school creators coming in. Okay. But you know, pretty much when we are focusing towards, we like to f focus on historical and contemporary. So our special guests that we have are people with very established pasts yeah. that you know people that can bring back people but they're still working on projects actively okay. Okay. and so they've got new stuff to promote and mm -hmm. well right. as like you know being reflecting on the material that got them there in the first place yeah, 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 yeah. so respect the past but embrace the future as well Amen. Amen. so there's a little of that and you know also because we are you know celebrating a history thing we're also going to be celebrating our main focus this year 100 years of Jack Kirby. Ooh. We are going to be celebrating the centennial of Jack Kirby. Yeah. Can't wait to see that. And we are bringing in so many guests okay. that had the pleasure of working with Jack over the years. We are bringing in comic historian Mark Evanier, who mm. pretty much got his start as Jack Kirby's assistant. Mm. You can talk your head off about all things Kirby. <laughs> and we are also bringing in uh, Steve Sherman, Jack Kirby's other assistant. Okay. Uh, to, okay. to talk. Mike Royer, who was Jack Kirby's inker throughout the 60s on the fourth world titles and the Eternals and pretty much like Damn. gave yeah. him that kind of like, you know, the, yeah. I would call him the most Kirby-ish inker of them all. Ooh, wow. <laughs> and you know, wow. he's always the life of the party at the 
conventions do. He's, and he'll like talk about working on uh, like doing ink about inking two pages of Kirby a day, which is what? ridiculous. That's, that's ridiculous. Really? The fact that Damn. Kirby could put it out like that. That's, I mean, Warrior, Warrior got the job just because he was the only one who could keep, keep that kind yeah, of pace. Yeah. Is it true that Jack Kirby can like start a page from the top left and then just draw all the way down to the bottom without even top like... left? There was no, he did not script. He yeah, just hit that page and just, just start drawing. all the way through. Bam, all the way through. Bam, all the way through. All the way through. Never like sketched characters for designs or anything. It just came all out. Damn. The thing is, the the thing is, Kirby was a man of great research and versatility. He just like you know this short you know stocky like like Brooklyn guy. Yeah. You'd think he'd be like, you know, just like <laughs> this mean mugging, but, yeah, yeah, yeah. but he was really, he was a really cultured dude. The thing about Jack is if you'd have a talk with him um, and he didn't know a subject, he would research the hell out of it. And so the next time you talk to him, he would be an expert on it. Wow. Wow. And so if he ever got, for the rare instance when he got when he got writer's block or yeah. artist block, what he would just do is just, you know, look up the shelf, pick up a random book off the shelf, start reading, start reading, and then an idea would hit him and he would continue drawing based on what he did there. Damn. Yeah, I'm like, I can't do that. <laughs> you know, like, like I, I'm, I'm, wow. Like, I've heard stories about how he creates, how he gets down. It's always blowing my mind, but like, hearing you say it, just, we confirms it again. That's a brother know, like, yeah, that, that can't happen. People do that oh, type yeah, of creative. Yeah. Like, oh, just... Mind boggling if you can't tell by I'm speaking. <laughs> in terms of Kirby, we have several uh, panels that are going to be honoring him. Uh, Mike Royer and Mark Evanier will be running several about their experiences <coughs> with Jack Kirby. Yeah. Comic historian Arlen Schumer will be uh, running a Centennial Kirby panel. So those are very beautiful visual lectures that he does. Okay. And Arlen will also be running 50 Years of Neil Adams uh, as a comic artist panel. So, Got And then he will also be doing his Silver Age of Comic Art panel, which is very beautiful. If you've ever read, you should ever, anyone should get that book. It's a really beautiful read. And because mm. it just, it reads like a comic, but it's also telling you comic history and about mm. these great Silver Age comic creators, everyone yeah. from like John Buscema to mm. Carmine Infantino, mm. like Ditko, Storanko, mm. those yeah. guys yeah. were the kings of the Silver Age. Yeah, they were. Running around like superstars. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> rock stars. Like I said, hey, Storanko still, Storanko still he, runs around like a rock star. He, he like him. He's my favorite. <laughs> he's, he's my favorite. He's dude. Yeah. Hey. Yo, and, and you just can't get a bad story out of that. No, <laughs> no, 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 not at all. Have you ever met Stanley? I guess I've met Stanley on a couple of occasions. Okay, I like I, I met him once. I uh, took a picture at a homie who, uh, who, um, who takes pictures of all the people at the convention. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, you want to take a picture of Stanley? Like, oh yeah. <laughs> so he slid yeah. me in the line and got me took took a picture with him. I was like, wow, just touching him, feeling the energy, and it's not just just I was like this is the guy. This is the man. And then it's like um, another friend of mine name is John Bolerjack, who's running around with Stanley now, okay. filming him. So he, they're gonna like, you know, get like all this footage. You documentary know I mean? or something? You know, with like documentary style, you know what I mean? It's like, so him and Stan are definitely like, like Stan is like, I only go some places with this person yeah. and John. <laughs> so Stan, Stanley has his own like Comic Con thing too, right? Isn't it? Uh... We put his name. What is it? Kamikaze? No. What did he put his name on? Stanley's Stan Los Angeles Comic Convention Kazi so. Horror Con. It's okay. Just call it Comic Con. Right. Yeah, 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 yeah. He put his name on and everything. But like, um, man, like, will he be at this convention? You think? Or is it difficult to get him? No, no. I will say this. I had a thought when you were talking about Jack Kirby. Um, if y'all had like a Jack Kirby poster of like some of his old school art, like you know how he did those like crazy like fluorescent colored looking pictures yeah. with yeah. big Aztec heads or something like that, like something like that as a big poster. Funny you should mention that. You know, 
The best work of Jack Kirby's career was definitely when he was contracted to do the artwork for the film Lord of Light. So if anyone mm. has seen the film Argo, Jack Kirby was the guy who came up with the fake concept art for the fake movie that they were filming <laughs> to get the hostages out of Iran. <laughs> now the man who contracted oh, him there, Barry Ira Geller, yeah. is going to be present and he actually has been contracted using the original art to do very fluorescent, trippy-like renditions oh, really? of it. And so he will be selling those at, yeah. the, uh, at the booth. There you go. And he might uh, have something important to say about his experience with Jack and uh, maybe some upcoming projects. Oh, yeah. I didn't say anything just yet. No, yeah. no doubt, no doubt. And of course, Barry's been working with heavy metal, so uh, you oh, can yeah, sure that's that good. Speaking of heavy metal, just this not off subject, on subject, like Richard Corbin, if you ever met him? He's one of my favorite artists too. So I, I never know who you, you know, might know, I'm a what very, story you might have. I'm a very <laughs> so I'm big, tap you. I'm a very big fan of Richard Corbin, and um, but I've actually never I've never met the man. It's like I don't. I, he just doesn't do a whole lot of Southern California area conventions yeah, because like I'm that. such a big fan of all of his work. Yeah. And pretty much like when he just does like a guest spot if it's like on Conan the Barbarian or Hellboy. Yeah, or something, yeah. When he did Luke Cage, I was just like, man, they got Cage? Richard. You got Richard Corbin to do Luke Cage. That is actually my favorite Corbin. <laughs> project that cage book it's, right? just, it's so dark and so ghetto it was, and so it was fun. so hood it was so good and hood <laughs> because was, the thing is i think richard because i mean i don't like, what did I, he grow up in the hood did he, no no he channel, because he, the, yeah. the truth is the truth is richard corbin's only weakness as an artist is he's not really all that good at drawing white people but every other ethnicity Hell, he's he, so good oh, at. he is so good at drawing like black people and, and spanish and just everybody right. else you are, I never if you are not right. white richard corbin it, will draw the hell out of you that's hilarious right i never thought about that that's true go up to corbin like, look brown skin you know what i mean john yeah. brown man <laughs> draw this. you know what i mean that's i never thought about that like i just i just remember him on um din like yeah. heavy metal, and I was like, I love some barbarians type yeah. situation. And I was like, oh my, and he draw naked people? That's crazy. Then you see it in the cartoon, and you'd be like, oh wow, this cat is getting it out there. Yeah. But I never really like he wasn't doing like you know regular stuff for Marvel or whatever. But it's like he was one of those like you like this cat, yeah. you get his stuff. Yeah, you're gonna seek him out. He doesn't do a whole lot of like Marvel and DC no, stuff. No, no, no. But you know when he does, it's, you're gonna find it. He hooks it up. That's like that's like that's why I love old school artists who can like. Throw down with the young cats. Who, you know, you throw down. Yeah, yeah. But it's just like every now and then you got to be like, yo, you think you got some big nuts? Boom. Yeah, you, you got to remind them. Let me show you that. how to draw. And so, and so it's it's <laughs> it's always a good reminder of just like artists looking at other people's work. So like right. as I mentioned, you know, I also worked at Little Fish Comic Book Studio, oh, yeah. and um, yeah. my. And the executive director, uh, Alonzo Nunez, when he was studying at uh, the School of Visual Arts, he likes to tell me this one lecture that he was doing. He was visiting Klaus Janssen, who was mm. a 40-year veteran of inking and comic mm. art, and pretty much Hardcore. like he, he will, and if you ever study under the man, he will, he's one of those guys who will teach you how to be an artist. Ooh, he will. So Alonzo was in there, just talking with him, like, you know, getting some of his work evaluated. Like, this is where you went wrong, Sparky. You were <laughs> terrible here, you were terrible here, you need to fix it. And of course, they had a guest there uh, yeah, that day, and um, they were having some guest lectures there that day. And Klaus, being a veteran of uh, an employee at DC back in the early 1980s, they were given this book that is known as the Bible of DC Comics, which yeah. is the DC Character Guide 
for all the like you know merchandise and stuff, which is drawn by Jose okay. Luis Garcia. Yes, amazing artwork. So yeah, so I, 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 Jose Luis Garcia. <laughs> yeah, Jose Luis Garcia. Like that man cannot draw a bad picture, bad anatomy. Nothing. He just, yeah. he is just amazing. A, he is just a perfect artist, and yes, so that's he why is. he does that. Like he did that guidebook that all other artists Have adhere to, to yeah. because his style is so good. So oh, he, the DC really? Comics style guide, yeah. I think it was printed in 1983, is just this sought after tome. I mean, I've, I, th I saw an, a, I saw a copy on eBay once. I think it sold for seven thousand. It is only given to people who work for the company. So anyway, Alonso is in there with Klaus working, and all of a sudden, Mobius walked in the room. What? And Not Moby, Mobius. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. And he sees the DC Comics style guide on there, and he's flipping through it. Mobius said, "How does he draw so well?" Wow. <laughs> right. The it's like one of these these god when like when that when a god tier artist says yeah. something like that about you another one, it's like you know you're good. You it's like it's, good, it's like if Alex Ross said, "Who the hell is this?" And you're right. like, "You know you good." You know you're it's good. those yeah. those top guys are like, "Wow." But those are those honest moments you can only get when you meet like you know another creative who does yeah. what, you know, what you do. You know, like I said, meeting like like when I got in the industry, I was like, I wanted to be able to stand next to Jim Lee without biting his style. There are so many people who was like aping his style. It was called 1994. Woo! <laughs> I was like, I want to be able to stand next to him and get the same, not just, I won't get the yeah, same yeah, amount of love. Yeah. I get my own type of love, but I can stand next to him. You, you get the respect, you right, know, you right, your right, own. Right, 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 right. Yeah. That's why, like, I'm JJ, I do my thing. Yeah. I, I know Jim, but, you know, what's up, homie? How you doing? <laughs> Big up, yeah. you know? But like, coming to comic book conventions, you get to meet these people, have these situations, have these um, scenarios, and it's like you learn so much, you can, you can gain so much. You think you don't know about certain artists, or, or you don't know about them artists, and then you go meet them, and you be like, "Wow, I, I never, I didn't know it was yeah. like that." You know, I didn't like growing up. I didn't like Jack Kirby's artwork. I, I can't even front yeah. until Scott Dunbeer and Jim Lee educated me on who who he is. Yeah. And he was like, "Yo," because I was talking about Omac, and I remember John Byrne did an Omac series, and I love that. I love some John Byrne. And I'm like, Omac created by John Byrne, and they were like, "What? No, 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 no Jack Kirby created Omac." <laughs> And I was like, who? You mean dude who do the big ugly chunky hands? And he was like, what? <laughs> it was that moment. They educated me on who Jack Kirby was and what he did for the, you know, what he yeah, wanted. Yeah, yeah. About what he is, because the whole thing about their, like, you know, I won't pretend to like every single Jack Kirby uh, creation out no, there. But no, the thing no, no, is, no, you no. have to, no. but the thing that he did, you know, for the comics realm, he is the. He was the greatest character designer around, and he was the greatest world builder around wow. because that man had just unlimited wow. creativity. Wow. So even if you didn't care for the story or the characters, you have to appreciate everything that went into that. Yeah. Because, yeah. you know, what's that saying? If he wasn't your favorite artist, then Kirby was probably your favorite artist. Favorite artist. artist. Oh, yeah. Yeah. You said a mouthful right there. <laughs> <laughs> That's the real. That's the real. Like I said, like, I didn't realize, I didn't know, but now I understand and know. So when I meet um, older artists or people that did it, I may, I may not have read their books, yeah. but then I go see them at the show and I talk to them, I see their stuff, and I can see and appreciate the line work. I can appreciate the craftsmanship that goes into it. Yeah. And I make sure to tell and educate younger artists coming up. Like, if you're not knowing, Go talk to that dude right there. Go talk to this this artist yeah, over there. Yeah, yeah. And and or, it's better when you haven't experienced their work, cause then you're not fanboy out over them. Right, right, right. But it's but it's like, I don't know. Like when I met older artists, and, and, I, and I, sometimes I, I step back and I just watch who interacts with them at their table. Yeah. You know who fans out, who does it, how they get older or younger, who's who, how they get introduced to this stuff. And I'm like, you know what? I got to make sure that every time I get the chance to introduce somebody new to somebody else's artwork, yeah, I got to do it. So that's so I like I, at Comic Con I do have no problem being like yo go talk to that person over there like 
go hit him up. Be like, what, the Steve, uh, Steve, I always mess his last name on Steve Holly Optic. Holly Optic. Ah. <laughs> um, he, he did color work on Akira. He was the, the, the fucking, the father of, of digital coloring. Yeah. Um, he had a Ellie Optics uh, coloring studio. It's a familiar with that. Dude, he, like I said, we would not be coloring, um, with Photoshop, one for him. Yeah. He got up in there and was like, this is how we do this. And, you know, it's digital coloring became yeah. what it is because of Steve Oleoptics. Ah, I gotta say this last name, right? Forgive me, Steve. You know, I know you. You know, I love you. <laughs> and like, I met him, I, first year I met him, it was like, I was like, oh my God, I know who you are. Yeah. And it was like, he had a couple young folks around and everything, but I was just bugging out like, oh my God, this is, this is the, the, the granddaddy of digital yeah. coloring right here. And he was like, yeah. Well, that, like, that's like the cool thing with cons too, is that you get to go to see that artist and then they usually have like a book of all their work. So, true. so even if you don't know the artist, you can just true. look at the work and be like, oh wow, right, this right. is cool. Yeah. And then you figure out the comics that they're doing. Right, and right. You, because comics, it's, it's like how you were saying earlier, it's like a lonely thing. It's a lonely person. You, you, don't, you, you, don't, you don't really have a lot of people recommending you what to read, especially if you're new to it. Right. Like when, once you figure it out, then you know what you like and you can get all that. But it's right. that's the cool thing with cons is you can just always you meet that artist and be like, oh shit, I like his art. So right, I'm right, 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 right. You, you get hip to him. But like I said, yeah. for me, it was just like, I know that everybody, there's so much stuff in all these conventions yeah. that you can easily get distracted. That's why I try to make sure that you go to a direct spot that I'm sending you to. Yeah, I'll be yeah. like, you go talk to Steve right over there. This is what he do. Or Scott Shaw, who does a zoo crew. This is who you go talk to. Because well, they did this and brought this to the industry. But well, most of them yeah. now is just, uh, you got to go get your Funko. <laughs> but see, that's what I know. Like, like, like the cons when you but, have all well, that see, stuff. Well, see, let me ask you that. At this show, there's going to be a lot of Funko booths. Or like, would you welcome a Funko or Hollywood? Because if you're trying no, to keep your show intimate, you trying to keep it like raw and natural? Then I'm like, would you have Funko? Would you have like any of these uh, pop pop? Uh, like uh, like how they have yeah, comicsology sure. there? Like where you yeah. have the, I mean, yeah. it's okay. like we're not we're not, we're, we're not gonna you know discriminate for people. We have yeah. like all, we have like you know if you want to come to our show, come to our show. Because people are saying it's like oh, Comic Con is only about the movies and stuff. Like that. Well, it's, guess what? No, it's always had movies. It's the yeah. central focus. In fact, you can look at the original mission statement and the original advertisements. Comics. Science fiction mm. films. Mm. They've always been there. Love it, love it. It's it's just feels, they it have feels... grown to encompass right. more things. Right. So it's like, right. I mean, they, it's like, you know, includes video games and toys and medieval warfare and other stuff and cosplay and a lot of stuff. And it's but going to keep growing. I'm not mad at that. I'm not, I, I'm not mad at that. I just, it just feels like Hollywood came in and it was just so like money. Well, they have money to spend. <laughs> That's why they've been constantly trying to, like, big up to my man Sam Wallace who runs Comic Con. Cause he's been fighting to keep um, Artist Alley. Yeah. You know, oh, you safe. know Sam Wallace? Okay. Yeah, that's my homie. Okay. Love, love Sam. Sam is my uh, older brother's best friend. Ever since really? I've known Sam since I was five. Oh my God! Small world. Small yeah. world. Yeah. Right. <laughs> love it. Love it. Yeah. It's like um, you know, Sam is the homie. Every time I have a problem at Comic Con, I'm like, Sam, you know, what's up? Could you help a brother out? You know, Sam is <laughs> he the homie. my brother out. Like, <laughs> you know, you know. So like, it's like um, Sam is that cat that definitely has been trying to maintain the purity of of Comic Con. Yeah. But still adjusted for the new things that they have to come up with. Any comic and give him extra you? props because every time you do see him at Comic-Con, he looks like the most hungry, sleep-deprived right? person ever. <laughs> but he knows a whole week of doing that, though. It's yeah, a whole yeah, week. Yeah, yeah. He can't, can't do nothing but just Comic-Con. So After he that, he probably sleeps like a beast. Yep. If you ever see him and meet him, you need to say, hello, man, shake his hand and say, you know what, thank you for keeping the train on the tracks. Yeah. Because without him, it could derail easily. Like, I know it. And like it would be different, you know. Yeah. So yeah, but it's like it's changed so much, and every year something new. And I know that this is a template for all these other smaller conventions. And, you know, you may want to keep it intimate. It's like how you gonna how you gonna keep it pure? What's what's your theme? I didn't know if you'd be like no more toys, no more Hollywood, yeah. or or because Hollywood has big money on it, 
we're gonna make this much space. That's well, what we're trying it, to get it, rid of. Like, 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 yeah. I mean, there, there are certain people that we won't invite back. We'll just leave. <laughs> okay, okay. We'll just, we, we don't know them. We're 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 uh, we're a fan of we're you know we're from fair like you know of fair chances and everything. Yeah. But it's just like you know it's like you know we'll just say you know. I think we can we can not invite this person. Right, so right. just you know keep it friendly. I mean, if they want to come on their own or whatnot, but maybe not so much on the guest okay. list. Yeah. So you just look at um, you just look at what you want because I mean we're not going to exclude things because I mean there are people who like Funko figures. And oh stuff yeah, like I, love, yeah. I, I love them. People, I just, yeah, some I just people want to know the knowledge. Yeah, so you know some people will like Funko figures. Like some people have like it. Just we you know we want a little something for everyone. And like we're not going to say like no to Comicsology. You know we do have a digital comics presence there mm. at, at Comic Fest this year. That's right because uh, artist Liam Sharp, who runs the digital comic company Madefire, will be a special guest oh, for us. Okay. And Big he up. has been uh, he's been. Uh, He's going to come guest. back this year too. Yeah, he's going to come back too. Yeah. This will be his third year around. He was uh, originally invited by that uh, guy who I no longer work with and uh, is one of those people we won't meet. Yeah. <laughs> we don't know But him. Liam is very welcome back <coughs> and he has uh, had uh, you know, wonderful times at Comic Fest. Yeah. And uh, you know he's been you know doing the best work of his entire life on Wonder Woman right yes, now. He is. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Big fan of, I'm a big fan of him, man. Like I said, he was away for a while. And then like him being back on Wonder Woman, I was like, yeah. what? Yep. I was and like, oh, what? Like, oh, Wonder Woman? Because he had a yep. very because barbarian type style. He had a yeah. very barbarian type style. Style, and then you know, pretty much like last year at Comic Fest, we're all just hanging out and making like some stuff. And like you know, he says like, "Oh, so you're talking about Wonder Woman?" I'm like, yeah. And it's like, interesting. stuff. Can't tell you about. And of course, two, month, two months later, uh, two months later at WonderCon, we see Liam, and it's like, yeah, 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 yeah. He it dropped is. it. He right, dropped right. it because he was just sitting there with that smile, and he's like, you know, something was yeah. something, <laughs> something happening. Something good. Of course, he kept it professional. He didn't say anything because right. you know those non-disclosure. You can't yeah. say nothing, especially with Warner Brothers, man. Oh yeah, they will have lawyers on your. Oh yeah, right. Yeah, don't mess with that. Yeah, what? Don't mess with that. Bleeding cool said something that's right. Cease and desist order so we can prove them right. Right, right, right. It's like, nah, man, we cool. We bleeding cool. Yeah, right. So, um, let me ask you then. Who is your favorite character? Cause like I want to talk more about the conventions and shows and your knowledge of your knowledge of comic history and all that. But now I want to get personal and be like, who's your favorite character? Marvel, DC, company? Like like who you who you who you egged out on when you was a kid? Like who's your favorite books? You know what I mean? What was okay, up with that? so like I think it just harkens back to when did I become a comic reader? Mm, yeah. And that actually even happened before. I was a reader. Like most children, I grew up with like, you know, children's books, like a little mm -hmm. critter, Dr. Seuss type stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, but um, my favorite toys to collect back in the early 90s when I was like, you know, just five years old, four mm -hmm. years old, I love Lego Pirates. Ah. Lego Pirates. <laughs> and Captain Redbeard, he was my guy. And I love Lego Pirates. I was obsessed with pirates. Okay. And there was this Lego Pirate set I bought one day and it came with a comic book involved. Okay. And I was like, this is the biz. Like, what is? I this? don't. What are they saying? What are they saying? And I had to have my mom do it, and I was like, and I was like, mom, can you read it to me again? Can you read it to me again? <laughs> and she just got so fed up with it that she said, okay, we are going to teach you to read right now. Yeah. I literally <laughs> learned to read just so I could read this book, and so nice. it goes from me like looking at the pages and just having it be pictures yeah. to having it to be the the pictures with now means something. Yeah. Because she's saying so. All of a sudden, I became a whole other level to you. It came a yeah. whole other thing. 
And so, yeah, that must have been like 1992 or something at the okay. time when I learned how to read at like okay. age six. And then like my dad responded, like said, okay, he's responding well to reading. Let's go like get him some more reading material. So yeah. he was like, you know, pop over to Toys R Us and he was going to take me over to the children's book section. Yeah, and the course. comic book rack or something. And then like along the way, I see it, this beautiful shiny hologram. And <laughs> it was, and I read it, just this character on it. Spider-Man, yeah. 30th anniversary. Okay, okay, so it Spider okay. It was 30 okay. issues of Spider-Man yeah. celebrating the 30th yeah, anniversary. Yeah, yeah. And it had like the hologram cover yeah. that they were doing in 1992. Yeah. Yeah. And I just opened up, I like, I knew nothing about the character, but he Who just looked mind? like the coolest thing ever. And I was reading those issues until they fell apart. I opened up that <laughs> first issue and, you know, reading about Spider-Man having like a, like, you know, just evil discussion against his, his nemesis, Harry Osborn, yeah. the Green Goblin. And yeah. they had this poster that you pulled out yeah. that was drawn by Charles Vess of Spider-Man yeah. leaping against oh. the Hobgoblin across oh, the background. That's an amazing yeah. picture. Yes. Amazing picture. That's, that's fine art. Yeah. That's what, could you appreciate that fine art back in the day? I, like, I just I thought it was so cool. And so then cool. it was so great when I finally got to meet Charles Vess when he came oh, to the 2009 Comic-Con. I was telling him about like, I, I, it's like, like yeah. I had, I bought, I got that poster, and 17 years later, it's still hanging up on my wall, shredded yeah. to bits because it is that cool. And he was lamination, man. You got lamination. I know. Before <laughs> it was that that was the cool thing in like the 90s was like when you used to buy your toys a lot, they would come with a free comic. So mm -hmm. that's how I was able to get into most comics. Like Spawn always came with a comic. You bought a Spawn toy, yeah, it always Who came with. Time. And then that's how I got into that. X Men, the same thing. Yeah. I bought X Men toys, came with an X Men comic. Spider Man, all those comics. It was it was a good way for me to get into that. No, it is. That's like He-Man toys came with little He-Man comic books, yeah. and I remember those. <laughs> so yeah, I'm old school. I'm like, I, 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 remember I, those. I wonder, do they still do that? Like, do, the, the, do companies the, still take out toys with comics in them? Not or, like they used to. Like, not like they used to. Occasionally, like some of the like Marvel Marvel Legends would happen from like mid. 2000s yeah, yeah, they would have it but yeah, like yeah. nowadays it's like ah, it's like you know action figures are so much cooler than they were in, in back in the day it's yeah. like i didn't realize that i was like McFarlane. yeah next to top McFarlane, like yeah. that's the top but of course i was a because like continuing my comic like experience like mm. so i was a spider-man like hardcore fanboy yeah and of course it. i remember like some but you know i read the comics and it was cool but I wouldn't say like a hardcore Spider-Man fan. And then on the morning of November 19th, 1994, something that. happened. <laughs> what happened? 9 a.m. Okay. I watched the sneak preview episode of the Spider-Man cartoon. Okay. And a sneak preview episode because the main series was starting on, uh, was starting in February. <laughs> yeah. And I watched that, this episode called Night of the Lizard. And oh, I remember yep. that, yeah. It, blew my mind. So to see Spider-Man animated, like, totally... And it was, like, the most freak-out moment Love in my it. entire life. <laughs> and I just was like, this is the coolest thing. And I pretty much begged my mom to take me to Toys R Us again. And I went there, and they had this big kiosk showcasing all the Marvel cartoons. They had an entire Damn, section dedicated really? to them. Yeah, 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 and yeah. it was, like, the coolest thing ever. And I just, like, I had picked up some X-Men figures before, but then I got my first Spider-Man figures. I got uh, Web Shooter Spider-Man, uh, and I got the Kingpin. Uh, now, the thing is, uh, I bought Web Shooter Spider-Man because he actually had, like, a hand, like, with the Web Shooter, yeah, and had, like, a fist. Whereas yeah. Web Slinger Spider-Man just had his arms in a fixed, like, double red <laughs> And he didn't look really all that cool just doing this. Yeah. And I bought Kingpin because he was the biggest. Because, yeah. like, if you're a kid, big 
actually be yeah. used for the one. And you could just have Kingpin, he'd have his hands up, and then like you could push a button on the back of his head, and he'd slam down Spider-Man. Oh, he nice. had hands big yeah. enough to hold him by the leg. Full grip, action, slam, action. Okay. Do, do you ever remember these? Uh, the, the toys I used to buy them, they were X-Men. They were tiny little metal, but they were painted on. Diecast? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Diecast. Like, like, I, I, I used to love having those. Did and you ever paint them? No, no. No, they were they were they were uh, bought already painted. Okay. But they were um like just little action figures, but at the same time they were like just beautiful little models. As a kid, you know, I was like, I don't care, I'm gonna see, mess it all see, up. As a kid, I, I remember getting the, the He-Man ones, and I had to paint them. Yeah. But as a kid, I was like, I don't know how to paint them. They were all sloppy looking, but I tried. Hey, at the same time, the the fumes were very toxic. So. Oh yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was before like I knew what was really up. I, right. As a kid, moms gave me everything. To keep me out of trouble, or yeah, just keep yeah. me, you know, artistically inclined. So anything oil painting, regardless of how advanced the techniques or yeah. the, you know, the tools are, she's like, "Here, garage, I got to the garage sale. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead." But um, like I said, for me, comics was that thing that definitely was like, I learned so much from them. Oh yeah, they speak to me. You know, that's like Marvel is my favorite. Love DC too, but like Marvel is like I relate way better. Night they teach you life lessons, dude. It's like, like Marvel is just life yeah, lessons. Yeah, right? you know. It's a. How did you feel though, Matt, when you saw your uh, Todd McFarlane on Spider Man? That was like. Oh, your first five. Yeah, your first Todd McFarlane yeah. Spider Man. Well, of course, top, my first Todd McFarlane Spider Man issues. I mean, those were kind of like the ones that were like the issues I got in my like thirty uh, my thirty issues. Those were like blood. Thing. It's like it's like, they, looking back on them, they they don't age well. They don't age well. <laughs> no. But then it's like you know I you were know, a single you were a single issue hunter, and so you'd hunt down like the Todd McFarlane. Of course, was the man yeah. of the era. I mean, yeah. he had already since Tormen. left to go to to Image at the time. But it's like those were the issues you really sought after because yeah. he's one of those guys that really was defining Spider Man. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. like you know you didn't want to like. I didn't want to dip into issues from like when before I was born because okay. that was like old stuff and that was weird to do to yeah, like go right. to like an era before you were born. Right. But like I would go and get seasoned on like older Spider-Man by this store that I used to go to. There's one called I Collect over in Point Loma nearby where the I yeah. yeah. <laughs> That's dope. Okay. Yeah, and that was my that was my store. And there's okay. a guy there who ran the store named Kent, and okay. he would just like I would go in there for Spider-Man cards and X-Men cards, and like. My dad would buy me issues, and he would like talk about me with these issues and stuff like that. Because it was a time before Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. I had to, like sometimes I couldn't I couldn't afford the big expensive fancy issues. You just had to look at them on the wall. They yeah. stared you in the face. Yeah. Like, what happened in yeah. them? So you yeah. had to get your information in little blurbs on the back of trading cards. Yes, I love <laughs> trading cards. Yeah, oh, they were so collectible. Marvel Masterpiece, like X Men series the one, Jim two, X Men, Spider Man, Mark Bagley, Spider Man, Clear Ultra, Flare Ultra. Brands. Yeah, all that man, you are talking. I love it. I only, the only reason I got those was because my dad used to buy football cards because he's a big football card. Yeah, and the baseball card stores so, had the sports, yeah, they had Spider Man, so they had the Spider Man and all, and all that, and the X Men, like all those. Yeah, so back, back when I liked like, going to the sports card store, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. but that was like, man, I'd be like, let's go there, or KB Toys, or wherever, like the old toy places, and you know, just, and like, just had them everywhere, just yeah. like as soon as you open up a pack, it's just like that. I got that perfect, yeah, it's like the 90s truly were. Were like the perfect time, I guess, for comics. It was like the perfect was, time of collectability. Yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah, it was. And it's like it hurt that the industry popped. Where you're like, oh, it's, yeah. you realize you're not gonna get a million dollars for every comic book. I'm like, nah, you ain't gonna get no money for this one. No. You, you gotta love it because you love it. Yeah, you because know? like nowadays, like I don't really do so many single issues as I used to. I mean, I do a couple here and there. Like, and I'm more a collector of like big hardcovers and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, because yeah, I mean, like C.S. Lewis once said, "What good is a book you only want to read once?" Yeah. And, you know, for for me, it's just like I have to generally accept the fact of, like, 
my comic books, my single issue collection, as much as I loved them over the years, you know, I've actually started giving it all away to the SDSU, like, comic library that's building there. I give them away to students at Little Fish Comic Book Studio. So my single issues, I read them and I give them away. I give them away. Because guess what? I've had my fun with them. Yeah. I want to share that fun with someone else. What good is it just sitting there in a white box and a piece of piece of plastic doing nothing? Nothing, nothing. I know, like, for me, I'll get my stacks and I'll go through them. Because I like... I love, I'm an art snob. Mm-hmm. So there's single issues for me that are drawn by like Arthur Adams or whoever that I'm like, oh, I got a Kevin Nolan. I'm like, I want there's that gonna one. Be, there's yeah. certain artists you got to right? have that issue. You know what I mean? And it's like, I'm not going to get rid of that issue because I'm like, he did that one. You know what I mean? Like Kevin Nolan on New Mutants back in the day. Yeah. Like, I, I'm not getting rid of that. <laughs> yeah, right. You know? So, you know, if there's a random book that I bought, like, oh, this is Captain so-and-so or, you know, Lady, Lady, yeah. whatever. And I'll be like, hey, I bought it. I was curious. I'm good. I'll put that in the, the giveaway stack. I'll take a big stack. Put them in um, the grocery bags and take them to my um, local security dudes at the clubs. I'm like, yo, son, here you go. Boom. You know, just, I know they love it, but here you go. Share the wealth. Keep it moving. You know, so that's how I get down to I, sh- I share my uh, comics, my single issues, too. But I definitely want to keep that comic love going forward. That's what this show is. just like... Just- Love it in the way that you want. If you want to, like, you know, do digital, if you want to do single issue, if you want to do graphic novel or big hardcover, just you find the way to love it. No yeah. doubt. No doubt. Share the love. I will say the, he and I always, com- not conflict, but we converse. He, dis- he disagrees. I'm a, I'm a traditionalist. I, I like touching my he, comic he book. He loves print comics. I'm a digital guy. Yeah. And I have over, like, 2,000-something comics in digital library, which I would have never had. Physically, yeah. there's a lot of, and I've bought a lot of issues for 99 cents on Comicsology, <coughs> as opposed to two dollars or three dollars at your local shop. And I get it, you know, once my phone dies, I can't read no more. <laughs> that will kill me. That sucks. Yeah. But no but again, like I like how you say is that like just being be able to read it over and over. I reread The Walking Dead so many times. I reread Invincible so many yeah, times. I reread yeah. um, Uncanny X Force yeah. so many times with Rick Remender. Like I love that one. I'll, oh, I'll yeah. read. Um, How do you not? I'll read John Hickman's um, Avengers and New Avengers and Illuminati stuff that he did. Like I love. Like I will. I will read over and over and over. I still find the the comedy, the sad parts in it. Like yeah. I, that never dies for me. So for digital, and, oh, of course. I mean, it's Marvel. The characters always come back from the dead, right? Yeah. Marvel and DC. Oh Jesus. That, that's why I, I've become a bigger fan of Image. Like just those independent guys like even the smaller guys that aren't image you know image is like the walmart of independent guys that's what i'm saying like the walmart of like they're, 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 they're i'm not big. sure if that's a compliment i don't know either i'm like they're I'm getting, they're getting big it it's like they're getting big but they're, but they're still small but you have like your other little smaller studios you know like you got boom you got idw like yeah. those guys just make great comics as well it's just a lot of people don't you know they don't give it attention because you got marvel dc that's all you really i can't even front i look at situations like that like there are companies that are just still eating and still growing yeah. and still you know evolving so image is one of those ones who's like you know we're gonna keep on evolving and then yeah. turn into what we turn into other companies like boom are like yo we see how you've uh evolved and we're gonna do the knowledge do the right from what you did do our own things yeah. and not do the bad and, and, and come up with our own situation it's like idw is one of those companies that's like um they're about uh licensing properties you know uh Jim yeah, yeah, and the holograms yeah. uh my little the pony Ninja Ninja Turtles, and they right? do a good job with it you know why because they learned about marketing and licensing being uh, the, the card editors at Wildstorm. So it's like Ted Adams and yeah. Chris Briscoe and the Robbie, I forgot what Robbie's last name, but it's just like they left and was like, you know what, we're going to do our own thing because they learned yeah. how to get these, these these companies and these, these licensing <laughs> deals to go through Wildstorm's production house. Yeah. And they were like, you know, we can take that knowledge and do our own stuff over here at EW. 
that's why I went over the last time and asked him, like, are y'all doing anything on your own tip? Yeah. Any original, like, you know, superhero stuff, whatever? And they were like, you know what? We don't feel... It's not our lane to, to try to compete with Every that. so often, they do. Because I've, I've seen, like, certain... Um, uh, independent companies every so often they'll do their little superhero they'll dip their foot in the water but they don't really mess they with don't it mess because with they it know much. that's not there well, like, if you have, if you have um, my, my scenario is this if you have a, a creative team that you know can produce what needs to be done yeah. and if you're like well no we're not going to try to make a monthly situation maybe we can do like arc situation yeah. or you know we, we got heavy hitters that come in every now and then and just knock it out the park for us and we get known for having them come in and it's like there's a character that's that they made famous and yeah. you bring that artist and that character back every now and then I'm like well go ahead you don't have to compete with these bigger companies that have been doing it forever don't, yeah, that'll be yeah. dumb yeah. don't compete with them you just do what you do do what you do and then do right I do mean, it like, right just do I it mean, right I mean in terms of like IDW I don't care if I see Gabriel Rodriguez and Joe Hill on a project guess what I'm getting you're it gonna check, yeah, right? yeah. you're gonna check it and because like, it, you know it's the most reliable creative team of probably mm. the past decade oh, yeah. Lock, Lock and Key is a great book man it's, it's, see it's I gotta amazing. get into it I, I love the art That's just, yeah yeah we're I didn't know, it, I know it was like one of those horror creepy cerebral it's, books and I'm like eh, it's I prefer Stephen King's son outside. so you kind of get that creepiness but yeah, he's, right. he's a good but the, the, cape, the cape is also good like not not the show the comic the comic <laughs> okay because I know that um, the artist from Lock and Key did uh, Nemo with uh, yep with Eric Chanor yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Love Eric Sharonor. That's my homie. You yeah, I'm mean? so that sad when him and David just left. I mean, it's... I know they just moved. Yeah, they just moved. But they, but but you know what? Like I said, they uh, moved to uh, house. You know, art to Portland, and everyone's Portland. moving to Portland. You know what I mean? It seems like the, the the thing for artists to go up there and just you know, be really? artists up in Portland. So that's like, a new hot spot, Portland. Yeah, mm-hmm. it might be. Like, like that's that's what Eric said. Images, like, images, moving shop up there. IDW, like yeah, IDW has like their half with uh with Dirk. His woodwork studio moved up there, and he just got married too because yeah. he was like commuting back and forth to, the, to be with his little lady up there. And so now he's just got woodworks up there, and so like you know, with Image up there, with Dark Horse up there, Bendis lives up there, Fraction lives up there. Like, damn, it's a comic book community, really? you know. It just made it just, I guess, it made sense once everybody started like yeah. realizing, like, oh, you live here too, you live here too. Does Seattle have their own con or not yet? About to. Probably. Yeah, at the end of the at the end of the month, it will Emerald City Comic Con. Oh yeah, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay, so it's doing a thing up here. I, yeah, I've heard about Emerald City before. Mm-hmm. But I just never like. There's a well, lot this, of cons this, that I know, never. This, I, I, I finally, I finally got my pass. I decided to apply for a press pass at last minute, and yeah. like I've heard so many good things about this convention because honestly, pound for pound, they have the most like high established comic creators out of really? any convention. And it's... I want to say I've been there, Emerald Emer- mm-hmm. Con in Seattle. Yeah, and I want to say they have the um, the art book they put out is like a Medusa or what was it? Either they switch it up, but I remember when I went, I got to draw uh, a monster. I think the yeah. thing was monsters, and it did have an eclectic uh, collection of uh, different artists, quality artists that was on the book. Really? So it was just it was just like they they yeah, it's one of those ones where it's like yeah, it's not Comic Con, but it's definitely like it's it's. It's got a, it got a warmth to it. Yeah. It's got it's got a believability to it. Where it's like you know what, this was a good show. You know? And I'm sure it's easier it to talk to all those people at those yeah, cons it's, it's a than it is to at Comic Con. Comic Con, I've had to do that ridiculous thing where like you have to wait at five in the morning just to get a ticket so you can get an autograph from your favorite writer, or you have or you, or you have to, to buy their product so you can get 
I was like, okay, cool, cool. And see, that's honestly. Yeah, it is. It, it's ridiculous because it's like it's now, now money. I'm like, really? No like, I have to do money, this yo. to meet money my favorite bad. artist? Like, yeah. the, the dude that I buy his books and stuff is like, and I have to do all this crap just to say, I love your stuff. Thank yes. you. You're an inspiration. And it just throws me off. I'm like, then I don't want to say anything to him. I'll still yeah, buy the point that there like, was a small, intimate <laughs> convention <laughs> where you could approach creators without having to go through those set of circumstances. Exactly. Any Ideas? You got any ideas? We don't know. You know? <laughs> I don't know. I heard that uh, President's Day weekend, February 17th through the 20th, that the uh, Four Point Sheraton off Arrow Drive in San Diego, California, there will be San Diego Comic Fest. I hear that might be an, uh, a kind of convention you're looking for. Yeah. Sounds like a, a convention event we might need to hit up. Sounds like something. Yeah, I mean, I go go and be like, what's the deal? Yo, do a podcast from there. It's just, just even like just those three panels when you're saying Spider Man, X Men, uh, and like. Um, Dude, I was like, I grew up with those cartoons. Like Batman, I grew up. We all grew up with those Channel Six cartoons. Oh, yeah. Fox like, Six, the Fox, Fox Six kids, kids are gonna happen. Like, the only thing it would be better if I could bring in Uncle Murph for it. Oh, oh wow! Yeah. I just aged myself drastically. Hey, hey, take it there, take it there, take it there, take it there. It's all up. It's all good, man. It's all good. So, like, um, how did you get the position? Was it because you just was like? Hey, I want this position. I see this. I see this spot. I want to fill it up. Or was people like, we want to pursue you and put you in this position, or was it just a natural progression? Like, how did you become chairman of? Like it's, this? It's, it's a it's a it's a crazy thing. It's like, how do you? Like, how do you become yeah. like? Oh, yeah, I want to be chairman of something. Yeah, you know like, I mean? we all want to be chairman you know of something. I mean? how do you... But then again. <laughs> I don't know if I can travel like you travel. I don't know if I got the yeah. gumption to get up and be like, man, I ain't, I ain't sleeping. I, I gotta, I gotta check my computer consistently. I gotta talk to these people. I gotta babysit people. Yeah. I gotta reach out and talk. You know what I mean? Get, 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 get well, intimate with really, people. Really, how I, I got involved was, you know, I started attending uh, after I got involved with Comic Fest last year. I started, you know, attending committee meetings, and then I would say, like, you know, chime in this, chime in that. Maybe we can, maybe I can go to this convention and like start like uh, asking like. Uh, you know, this person's a convention or something. People would be at the convention and say like, well, what if we like, you know, ask this person? He's like, yeah, I know someone who can ask this like person. I know this, this person. person. So yeah. we could ask this person yeah. at a meeting two weeks from now to ask this person. Right. I'm like on my phone and I'm like, yeah, yeah, they said yes. <laughs> yeah, 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 okay, 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 okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. I don't have that kind of time. I just want to cut out the middleman and just get all this stuff done. And then, like, you know, as I started, you know, helping the convention, bringing on board, like, workshops with Little Fish Comic Book Studio, mm -hmm. bringing in animation guests, bringing in uh, artist guests, comic history guests, mm -hmm. and, like, just really helping to improve the flow of the convention, yeah. uh, allowing it to encompass more things while staying intimate. And they, the founder of the con, uh, he sat down with me and he said, Matt, um, listen, something is going on right now. What's happening? I think I only want to remain with the convention in the presidential role, but I actually want to step down as chairman as well. Mm, and I'm hoping okay. that you will throw your hand in the hat for that position. Okay. Okay. And I'm like, are you sure? And I mean, it's like, <laughs> it's, it's, it's an intimidating thing to roll when you're offered a position. You look at the table power. already, like, you know, like texting people and already hitting the, all the professionals they're thinking about. You're like, yeah, I know this person. I'm tapping him already on the bat line. Yeah. You know, it's all good in the hood. Here you go, here you go. And they're impressed because you're a go getter already shaking the tree. That's how you got this. You know, I'm hearing it's like, all right, you was you was like, I want to opposed to the guy who just said, let's do this and doesn't do it. You did it. Yeah. And they're thinking about it. You're doing it. Discussing an action, and then there's an action. Mm -hmm. Yeah, mm -hmm. Just get it done. He says yeah. to me, "Like you know, I'd like you to throw your hand in the hat for this." And so, like, I gave you know forward like you know a vote of the you know top five people at Comic Fest, and then they brought it forward the you know main big elite council, yeah. and you know discussed <coughs> them like you know what I bring to the convention, what mm -hmm. I do, and they said you know you're the most knowledgeable guy in terms of comics. And mm -hmm. 
Um, and, um, <laughs> you are so incredibly knowledgeable of comics and video games and animation and films. You're such a and geek. it's like yeah. you are like such a geek. But like you know, you're like so active in these communities. And the thing is, you're, like you're involved with so many different sets. It's like the older like you know comic book historians know you. The kids know you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The gamers know you. The yeah, cosplayers know you. It's just like you're Walking that guy that like everybody knows. Like Scott yeah. Beer. Yeah. And it's like you're just like you know one of those guys like it's literally like at every single event and okay. like you know I it's rare for me to like not be an event. It's often been said that if you go to a geeky event in the Southern California area and Matt Dunford isn't there, then it's not worth going to. <laughs> Right? Amen. Hey. So now you want to know I'm on this podcast. Now, <laughs> now, now, now I'm going to check out every comment. Amen. If you're not there, I'm leaving my I ass know, and getting a refund. I know. I'm going to be like, yeah, so I'm going to text you like, are you here? Where yeah. you at? Yeah, before I buy the ticket, you going, Matt? All you right. Know what I mean? Is, is, is it worthy? Yeah. Should, we, should we check for it? And so right. I got, and so they voted me in in a unanimous 5-0 vote. Damn. And then uh, pretty much like, you know, this, is a, this, is a, this is a role I was thrust into yeah. was a month and a half away till the convention. So Damn. it's like, I got the ball rolling quick. I oh, still wow. managed to get some like last minute guests yeah. to come and appear at the show, like people from like halfway across the country and whatnot. Yeah. And then like, you know, help with programming and discussions mm-hmm. and this. And then I started hitting the marketing hard. I mean, okay. like literally the day after like I was inaugurated in as, co- as chairman of Comic Fest, they had an interview with me up on Comics Beat. I started like, you know, I like all of a sudden like the big hitter, I got on Bleeding Cool and yes. interviewed, like talking about yes. things. And then just like going around, like doing every single podcast. Anytime I got invited to a podcast or yeah. anything, I would do it. And I think you guys are probably going to be the last one because I've been marathoning. But this is the one, <laughs> hey, one too. Well, that's good thank you very yeah, much. Thank you. appreciate that, man. Wait, I even yeah. got like on a radio spot on 94.9 Damn. talking about Comic Fest, KTBS. Really? It's like, you know. I've been getting around. Yeah, yeah, like SCD. Oh, yeah, my, my, my aunt told me about that today because she's like, what are you going to do? I'm like, oh, we'll do a podcast with the chairman of the conference. She's like, oh, I heard a commercial on the radio. I'm like, well, there you go. There you go. That's like, so like, that's cool, man. Like, you're actually uh, pushing it forward. That's awesome. I love when I meet people like you who are are capable of pushing the stone, mm-hmm. label comics further up the hill. You know what I mean? Like, I hate people just, you know, like, bitch about comics or just have an opinion and that's it but you're one of those cats who definitely clearly like you know what i see this lane i'm gonna walk this lane there's room for everybody come on let's walk this lane hey hey, advice on you know comics if you don't like it then don't read it (laughs) (laughs) so simple exactly why are you forking money into something you don't enjoy yeah so simple as long as you keep spending money on it they're gonna keep producing it Mm, they mm, don't care if you hate mm, it mm. all right this is uh, another question i want to ask you uh i don't know if you you didn't i don't know if you said or not who's your favorite artist who's my favorite artist because it's like you know it's weird because you know it, isn't, isn't it amazing how like your tastes in art will sh- change and like shift course, over like different decades like uh well, early ones then your early, early inspirations early inspirations i mean like if you like looking uh like when i was a kid yeah. like loving like you know i really love todd mcfarlane i love yeah. jim yeah. lee it's like Jim-Lee. i love mark bagley it's Bagley, like yeah. like those guys were the ones who really uh really got me hooked in as a kid but like looking through like artists as an era like you look at like if my favorite 90s artists i love mike mignola i love tony harrison that era okay okay those are kind of the heavy hitter guys looking into the 2000s like 
my favorite artist was Gary Frank. I mean, okay. stuff that he was doing on like Superman's yeah. Secret Origin mm -hmm. and Supreme yeah. Power, mm -hmm. Midnight Nation with right? Straczynski. Oh. oh my God. Like, it's just uh, like, that's the other, that. like, <laughs> I mean, other uh, throughout the artists throughout the era, like yeah. Mutt Deodato on Thunderbolt yes. and like Incredible yeah. Hulk yes. and Spider-Man. Yeah. He was just so knocking out the park. John Romita Jr. went through another renaissance in the early yeah, 2000s, yeah, like yeah. with the Scott Hanna Inks. Yeah, I mean, yeah. those yeah, were just yeah, like, yeah. because like for me, it's like, it's like sort of a Kirby thing. Yeah. When I was like reading comics as a kid uh, in the 90s, it's like, eh, John Romita's so blocky and blah, blah, blah. But then it's like, as you get older, you get a real appreciation <laughs> for him as a storyteller. Yeah. yeah. And you're like, it's so it comes solid. Out. Yeah, it's so solid. So but it's solid. like, it's, and like he says it's like, he may not be the artist that his father is, but he's the one who always hits deadlines. <laughs> Woo! And that is so big in this industry, man. Yeah. Like if you if you can't hit a deadline, you get it enough, you get on a whole other list. Yeah. You know what I mean? There's people who are, are cheap and affordable. There's yeah, people who hit yeah. a deadline like a month, and there are people who are just so amazingly talented. You give them time to produce it or whatever. Yeah. But hit them deadlines. Uh, I will say this coming from Wildstorm, it was the house of like, yo, know, artists are rulers, but we couldn't hit a deadline. Like, it was hard to hit deadlines mm -hmm. when you're when you're trained to just make sure every page has to look a certain yeah. way. There's competition um, in, in studio where it's like, I'm trying to get noticed by Jim, so I got to put the level on these pages. I'm about to be late. I ain't trying to be late, but I got to so make that, sure So then it's that sort of structure, does that ruin kind of like just um, how, you how know, the you know, you know what? It, it's a necessity. It's like, you, it's a job. You get older yeah. and you gotta just, you wanna get paid, you gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah. You know, you make your agreement with your bosses and you handle that. It ain't like you're in your basement anymore just drawing at your leisure. It's like, I'll yeah. draw what I want to. It's not a hobby. This book gotta hit them deadlines to get printed. But that's, that's other people's work. But cutting into. for me in this day and age, I mean, like, I will determine favorite artist as like, an artist where like whatever they draw currently I have to have I just yeah. cannot yeah. I don't care yeah. if I never read an issue of it if they're coming on board it's, it's like it. so that would be like Ian Churchill is one of those guys who's amazing artist. you know what like I said Ian Churchill is amazing too like, what like early Churchill or now here's the thing early early, early 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 Ian and of course I've been I'm big I'm good friends uh, with like, Ian nowadays it, 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 image, he, he right? like you know was very much like you know, he comes in approaching with this portfolio to the editors at Marvel, and they says, you know, your style is really good, but we would like you to do this style. Right. So, you know, he had to adhere to, like, the whole 90s house style of everyone looking like Jim Lee. Yeah. Ugh, I would hate that. But, but however, it's just yeah. like, later he really enjoyed this renaissance when he started doing uh, what is my favorite comic, Marine Man. Oh, yeah, he's on his own. His own and his, and his, on his own book. Yeah. Marine Man, when Number I read 20. that book, when I read that book, it did something to me. It's just like when he did this, like, you know, brand new, like, style to let he, where he could really be himself. Be I read that book, yeah. that first, that first book, it came out in December of 2010. Mm. And I read that book and then I did something that, like, I had never done before in 18 years of being a comic reader. What'd you do? What What'd you do? I read it again. <laughs> I have yeah, never been yeah. so impressed by a comic that I felt the need to read yeah. it twice. Okay. Wow. Yeah, wow. Right yeah. then, yeah. right yeah. then and there. So I gotta watch this again, man. Rewind. It's just like, that's, that has never happened to me before. And no, it was wow. just so, so Refreshing. wonderful. And so the book was just pure fun. It, it was, was just it so was. good. It's, yeah. I like in the back of the books, he would always do like a Marine. Uh, Thank you. For, I, I'm so happy that yeah. someone, that someone yeah, else other than me has read it. No, I love that. Like, I, I caught that. I'm like, yo, I, I know who he is. Oh, I haven't yeah. met him, but it's just like, I'm, I'm familiar with his style. I remember when he was like working at Image uh, for Extreme, I think. When, yep. And then it's like uh, when he when he uh, left that and got in Marvel and was doing everything. Yeah. And then like he started doing uh, that cartoonier style. 
on um, Red Hulk. Yeah, Red she Hulk was, is when he started yeah, doing so it. He was, I don't know what happened. He was just like, you know what? I'm about to just start doing this. Or or they were just like... And it was awesome. It was, it was like, you know, well, I've been messing with this new style. And the editor was like, you know what? You can do Bring it. that. Do yeah. that. He likes that. Yeah. And so he got to do it. And it was accepted. It was like, you know, I'm going to do my own book now. And then he did Marine. Or the Marine Man, right? Mm-hmm. And that style. Yeah. That was, it, but he had good coloring. Um, did he write it also? Mm-hmm. So the writing and everything, the character development, it was it was that type of book where it's like, yeah. He had, been more, he had that character in his head since he was six years old. Oh, man, we all do. We all do. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. But it's just like to be yeah, able to get it out your head. That's awesome. To be able to get it out your head and to share it is the mission. You know what I mean? Yeah. The fact that he was able and capable of doing that, big up, man. I applaud you, sir. And of I course, just... that's why I became the world's biggest Marine Man fan. I remember <laughs> like that. And then, Dress up like Marine Man to show. Right? Yeah. And, and, the, and, the, and the thing was, after... I mean, after two issues of that book came out, only two issues, mm. it got an Eisner nomination for Best New Series that Damn. year. Oh, wow, did it? Because it was, it was that good, and I kept on telling everyone, yeah. it's so good, yeah, it's so it was, good, it it's so good. And then, like, I was late to Comic-Con 2011 because, like, issue six had come out the day before, mm. and I was like, concluding the arc, and my friends, friends were like, can we go, can we go? No, so, I'm not no, done not with yet, it, not till son. I'm done, not till not I'm done. Yet, and, then I go, and then as soon as I walk into, uh, as soon as I walk into Comic-Con, I immediately just walk straight to the image comics booth with all my issues in tow and then um i'm trying not to fanboy but i'm trying to be a respectful <laughs> fanboy. so i mean there's like three or four other people in front of me and i let them you know go throughout the yeah. thing talk to ian and then i go up to him and i want to say hi my name is matt dunford i'm a i'm a longtime fan first time greeter and i'm the world's biggest marine man fan I mean, like, and of course, like I'm respectful, and I didn't come in front of the other people because I give them their chance to be a fan. But I just want to say the reason I am late to Comic Con today is because I was just reading issue six. This was amazing. I want to preemptively congratulate you on your Eisner Award yeah. win tomorrow night. Yeah, and yeah, I, bigger, and bigger. it's like, wow, you like you know, yeah. And you I told know. him, and it's like that was the. He's like, that's the first time you read a comic twice in a row. He was like, he was just like moved. Like, that, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I was just like looking through his portfolio of like all the artwork in there. It's like, oh, the last old page read. They covered our number one. It's like, wouldn't it be great to have these? And now I do have those. I have got yeah. the cover yeah. to of issue number one nice. on the wall written to Matt Dunford, nice. the world's biggest Marine Man fan. Nice. So nice. I completely ruined that art nice. for anyone else no. in yeah. Yeah. for yeah. me. Yeah, yeah, you can't buy that now. It's because it's, 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 it's personalized. Yeah. Oh my God, that is amazing. That's cool. If, if I love like... um. When a when a person or a fan gets to like yeah. make it make that real connection, I don't want to sell a that. Piece. I want to have that. That's, I could be homeless someday. I'll be using that as my. Like, uh, like, I mean, I get illuminated. It's framed with UV tempered resistant Ooh. glass. Okay, when I have a piece of artwork I like, I tell them frame it like it was a museum piece and I go to the place that gets the uh, that does the artwork for uh, the museum of uh, the San Diego Museum of Art so I go big yeah yeah I could tell I could tell so let me ask you what your um, what is it the little with the little fish little fish comic book studio explain that to me like the the people out there who don't know like say just just get into it because I don't know so little fish comic book studio which is located here in San Diego California is run by Alonzo Nunez and myself Alonzo is a graduate of the School of Visual Arts Mm -hmm. In Manhattan, he started okay. under Phil Jimenez, okay. Klaus Jansen, okay. and David Mazzucchelli, okay. and he started it with a mission because he wanted to. He grew up wanting to be a comic artist, like okay. some weird people often do. Of course, do. of course, people who wear hats. <laughs> of course, you know, who does that? <laughs> we wear shoes. But he, um, he realized 
he couldn't make his dream come true of learning how to be a comic artist out here, so he had to go out to the East Coast and go to the school, uh, go to Joe Cooper. I was about to say, Joe Cooper's uh, art school. Yeah, yeah, yeah and so he good. was like you know, living in New York and doing like a commute, and then eventually he transferred <coughs> schools to go to the School of Visual Arts in Manhattan. But then when he came back, he said, you know what, after doing you know comics for a while, mainly working as an inker, I want to teach other students how to do this to make it a little more accessible and like to so yeah. have a west coast resource because i mean you can do it on the west coast but that means you got to go to like like cal arts or like usc and fork yeah. over like a hundred yeah. grand for like an yeah, animation no, degree no, which yeah. is like that's ridiculous not always the most feasible way no. to do it. so little fish comic book studio serves as an all-ages art education studio where like you come in you say like what do you want to do i mean like we've had students as young as six we've had like students in their 40s come in like our oldest yeah. student is like you know he is like a, he was like a tech designer in japan and he moved over here to like work for a tech company too but he used to draw manga mm. before back in the in really? and so he's like you know i want to get back into it so he's like learning like yeah. you know, like an american comic style yeah. to hone his craft because he just like you can learn digital at, at Little Fish. You can learn okay. to draw web comics. You can okay. learn to write comics. You can learn anything or super and letter. Kind of letter comics. Mm -hmm. Okay, everything, the whole technique, the whole yep. process. Mm -hmm. Okay, we do it too. So we and so Alonso will really dig into you. And like another thing that we do is once a year we do the Little Fish Comic Book Studio Intensive. So that happens the week before Comic-Con where we bring in Klaus Jansen oh, to okay, really okay. teach you how to be a comic artist. Okay. So the mission of the students who they who enroll in this program all have to work together to formulate a 20-page comic that has to be printed and ready for sale Damn. at the booth at Comic-Con really? on Thursday. How many, how, you give them a month? How long you give them, the two, how, how long, how was? One week. Damn. Shut, really? <laughs> a week to get a book done? Everyone has to work together to write it, draw it, yeah. ink it, make sure it's edited that and printed. Task Klaus, for the Klaus, Klaus is is a freak, man. Uh, like in terms of like he he is like he teaches you how to pull all nighters, hit the deadlines, really get the work done. Because, yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, so right? like Klaus is just a maniac. I mean, this man has worked for forty years in comics. He will hone you. He will tear your art apart <laughs> because he's like looking at you with like so like here. Let me give you an example because you're being problematic. What you're doing is you're being uh, John Casty. Well, what's wrong with John Casty? He won three Eisners in a row in a year. It's like, yeah, and that's unjustified. See, look at it. Klaus is like the only person he will tear up every artist. Like, look at wow. look at John Cassidy. Yeah. Every angle is the middle. See, look, yeah. middle angle, middle yeah. angle, middle yeah. angle. Yeah. And yeah. I, I can't unsee it now. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> I can't unsee yeah. it now. Yeah. And it's like, look at look at Alex Ross. Every picture is up the nose. I'm like, I can't unsee it now. I can't yeah. unsee it now. And like Neil Adams puts the hand in your face. Yeah. It's yeah. just like Mike Mignola doesn't draw any angles on anything. Yeah. It's not a down shot, not an up shot. Yeah. It's always straight because on. It's like Klaus like makes you notice it, and yeah. he makes you really notice Because he knows. He knows. knows. He's like, this is what they're trying to do, or this is what they're doing. Y'all just don't know this. Yeah, like I said, yeah, yeah. he tears you apart, and he oh, wow. but he really brings out the artist in you. But he comes, but he comes to yeah. y'all. Is it a studio? Is it a building? Is it like a room? Do you have computers there? Do people? Is it like well, we a got space? some computers there. We have like an stuff? art studio. It's like okay. you know, you bring pencils, bring paper. We got okay. inks in for you, so you can. So Alonzo works can work with you like in terms of like you know, as a single artist or in a group setting as well mm -hmm. and you know we have like you know kids come in we have teenagers come in we have like you know people in their 20s like in between college courses wanting mm -hmm. to learn comics. Is it an everyday thing once a week weekend like you know yeah, it's usually it afternoons like, and like you know during the days and such and so you know, it's a really great resource and I'm so happy I got involved with them I say this not as an artist but as an editor and mm -hmm. mainly like they approach me as like the this knowledgeable guy on comics and there's uh, my favorite student to work with there his 
His name is Adrian Perez. He's this little kid who has dreams of being the next great comic writer, and he yeah. idolizes Grant Morrison, and he loves huh? Grant Morrison, and he just loves he just loves talking about him and like all the comics that he's doing. So I'm reading Multiversity for like the fiftieth time today, and <laughs> like I was reading, and it's like, and he like just has these, he just like memorizes these books, and people are so like impressed by Adrian just because. He here you have this like little kid who's like thirteen or something, and he just loves the he doesn't like traditional DC characters. He likes the weird ones. His favorite superhero is Buona Beast. Really? <laughs> yeah. But what, did he like him from? Because they never really gave Buona Beast Batman, any. Batman, Brave and Bold. I was about to say. I about to say. It's from the cartoons. And from the cartoons, and so that's why he learned about Buona Beast. And so like. What the thing the thing I will do is because Adrian is so incredibly knowledgeable, like he'll ask me a bunch of questions and like some of the instructors there, they do not have the patience for this kid. But he's like but it's like you know it's like how did this happen? The thing is like he's the kid with a billion questions and I'm the guy with a billion answers. So they're like how do they're like how do you keep up with this kid? And he's just like He's asking all these questions, and the thing is I love bringing him to conventions because he's just like that because I mean, some of the other students there at the studio find him to be annoying, but the creators just love him. I mean, okay. at Comic Fest... Because he's genuine. It sounds like he's genuine. Yeah, That's yeah, the yeah. thing and, about and it. He's, and he's, he's a genius, too, in terms of yeah. like all the knowledge that yeah. he has. Like, at Comic Fest, happening this weekend, two years ago, I, uh, like, because Adrian is obsessed with Grant Morrison's Multiversity, his favorite comic, and they use all 52 different universes yeah. in the museum, and he, like, memorizes all of them. He and is so, cerebral. Damn, For him dude. to do that, he's cerebral. He's special. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I can't... And so, what, yeah. what, what I did with what I did for Adrian is like here Adrian come with me it's like I want you to meet Scott Shaw he's the creator of Captain Carrot it's like you created Captain Carrot Captain Carrot's the greatest superhero of all yeah, time yeah, so yeah. the intergalactic yeah, yeah. watch like neighborhood patrol like he was part of the team and doing this other thing blah, blah, blah. Scott was like down. Yeah, this yeah. kid knows more about the creator about the character I created than I do. Right. Right. And he said, "Well, that's not even—he's not even your favorite uh, superhero." Adrian, wow. tell him who your favorite superhero is. Buona Beast. He's like, Buona Beast. Yeah, you yeah. like Buona Beast. Yeah. And like, because I mean, Scott features Buona Beast prominently in his oddball comic shows, one of the most yeah. ridiculous superheroes of all time. Yeah. And the fact that like Adrian knows Love him, yeah. like. What? <laughs> and like, I love just bringing him to conventions and stuff. And of course, the definitive moment was when he got to meet Grant Morrison. And oh. that was when he was like, you know, fanboying out over, yeah. His, yeah. over his hero. And that was at Comic Con two years ago wow. at the Multiversity panel. Yeah. So Adrian, pretty much, as soon as they opened, like, we, we sat front row center. And like, Morrison's like, okay, so first thing we're going to announce is oh, the big actually, hardcover yeah. collection yeah. of Multiversity. Yeah. Adrian Jones, like, yes! Yeah. And because he worked, <laughs> like, he just loves it to sing front row center. Oh, and we're also going to be doing Multiversity 2 in a few years. Yes! yes! He's, just, he's just eating it up, yeah. just watching Front Row Center. Yeah. And then Adrian like runs to the mic as soon as they bolt for questions. Morrison's like, you better watch out for this kid. This kid's a genius. And then he just asks this like, most in-depth question about these like DC universe. And it's yeah. just like, people are freaking out. How does this little kid know so much about yeah, Morrison's right, writing? Right, right. And like, it was so... It, he was... And then, like, the guys from Bleeding Cool even had to, like, write up on it. And then I followed that <laughs> with, like, I, con I got in contact with it. And I said, like, Adrian, a picture saying, like, hey, thanks, Adrian, also thank you for the for the shout-out. And he's like, yeah. hey, it's that little kid from the Grant Morrison panel. That's that really deep question. Yeah. And it was like, he's like, he's like, oh, it was a bummer I didn't get an interview with him. It's like, it's not too late. And so he got, I got him on Bleeding Cool nice. for an interview. Damn. There. He's, definitely awesome. our, he's definitely our all-star student at awesome. uh, Little Fish. I really yeah. love working with yeah. him. And other stuff I love with Adrian, uh, like I brought him to Meltdown once to have, have oh, a talk nice. with Morrison. Yeah. And they talk for two hours straight. I have Damn. never seen a creator 
and a reader mesh so well. so well. And it's just, I guess, I mean, like a lot of Morrison books, I mean, it just flies right over my head. I like most them, people, but yeah, like, yeah, yeah. like, like you said, they're very cerebral. Very, very. And Adrian just soaks this stuff up. He'll just like, so in Flex Mentallo in this sequence right here, it's like, no, but you see, it wow. applies to this page right he here. He discusses Flex like, Mentallo? Yeah. That's deep. Because Flex is. is not an easy character. He's no. like, I love yeah, Flex yeah, Mentallo, yeah. but it's just like, He's like talking about it like that. Yeah, that's one of the books I had to read three or four times to be like, yeah. oh, that's what this is doing. Okay, that's what this is about. Yeah. Well, you know what I mean? But it's like if he got it's, it, it's like the Watchmen where you got to read a couple times over to like really understand it. Like well, I read it. So many times. will read Watchmen like seven times a week. <laughs> then he is it's, intelligent, and he, he is like, and it's just like so remarkable for this little kid. Have like, you written yeah. anything? Have, he, have you written anything at a young age? I want to read. Yeah, he wants to write. I know, right? He wants. He wants to be a writer, and he has this giant tome where he actually wrote down, he was coming up with ideas for different DC Comics multiverses. He oh, did not really? stop writing Damn. in that book until he reached 1,000 of them. Wow. Damn. Morrison is like impressed by it. Of yeah. course. And he was like, he's like, he's like, the hell he's like, I'll adopt you. Yeah. Right? You know what I mean? You're a child now. You're adopted now. You're, <laughs> and like, you're my child. And I think my favorite moment with Adrian this year at Comic-Con uh, was when we attended the uh, DC Comics Meet the Publishers panel. Mm. So Jim Lee and Dan DeDio were up on stage and mm. the panel was, they were talking about stuff they were doing. And I'm like, Adrian, I'm going to run to the bathroom real quick. I'll be back in five minutes. Okay. Okay. And so then I'm walking back and then I get a text from my friend. It's like, hey, I think that little kid you were with this up on stage. I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm about to say. <laughs> and I mean, I get back in the room. I'm like, oh no, you didn't. And I'm like, I see him up on stage with Jim Lee and Dan DeDio. I'm like, I'm just walking over like, I'm about to whoop that ass. And then I notice people are at the mic asking him questions. Loving like, it. Loving really? And I'm like, wow. what? And I, I find my friend like, what happened? Yeah. And I said, well, they opened the mic for questions and he bolts into the mic, takes it and they have to like, you know, put it down because yes. it's so short. Exactly. And he said, so, I have this great question about like some stuff, Jim. Like, I've been reading a lot of Wildstorm stuff, like the Authority wow. and like yeah, Planetary okay. and I stuff that you were doing at Wildstorm. <laughs> and I was thinking like with this and Fliss and the giant snowflake and how that started and with this story, that story was never really wrapped up. And I was like reading this and, like, and then like, <laughs> published it. And then he says, so are you going to bring back the Wildstorm universe at any point to address those questions? <laughs> Jim was like... On the spot. He was like, what? I know Jim. He'd be like, what? What the hell? Went, All right, this cat's and, not too And apparently what Jim yeah. said is... All right. <laughs> I was going to wait until New York Comic Con to announce this, but we are bringing back the Wildstorm universe. What? Yeah, yeah. Yes. Like Adrian pulled yes. it out of him. That's amazing. The guy who is the guy who is writing the 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 non-disclosure agreements mm -hmm, mm -hmm. disclosed it. He's like, I got to spill and the beans. And they thought, they just, like, Dan thought it was, Jim thought it was so funny. He's like, you know what? You know more about this stuff than we do, kid. Get up here. Get up uh, here. And they brought him up there like And they that. brought him up on stage. And Bleeding Cool did an article on him. Jim Lee and Dan DiDio meet their future boss. Right? <laughs> and it'll happen like that, too. It'll happen like, they're like, you don't know how they start off, yeah. and they get to be the job. They be the boss and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like, what? I think uh, Stanley uh, was up in there sweeping before, or he, he yeah. got up in there. Sweeping there yeah. for his Uncle Martin. Yeah, and then it became Stan Lee, the man Lee. Yeah. That's what's, ooh, man. Um, I don't know where we at on time right now, but it's just like, I, I can just talk to you forever. I know. Um, it's, 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 <laughs> I have a tendency to do that. No, no, that's amazing, though, like I said, because I like to keep it rolling too and ask questions and, and make sure that they're real genuine good questions like you know favorite character favorite artist but these are just you know 
like some real stuff. You yeah. tell us a tale about who you are, who you, who you, who you, you come comment, you know, what you love. Like I said, you um, know. real quick though, you you answered the artist, but what about writer? Who is your favorite? I'm a writer guy. Like I love my writers. I'm the writer snob. Okay. JJ's the art snob. Yeah. I, uh, in terms of favorite writers, my favorite writer who's now retired, I would say like the stories I enjoyed most over the years were those from J. Michael Straczynski. Yeah. Is he retired? He didn't do anything else? JMS actually announced at uh, San Diego Comic-Con this year that he is retiring from comics, mm. which, you know, it bums me out. He did but, some of my favorite Ghostbusters episodes. Yeah, but that's the thing. It's like, you know, he's, he, I grew up with, I grew up as his Ghostbusters too, and I didn't even know it was him. Yeah. That's the thing. It's you like, know, you, know, you, grow, you just don't know. You just don't know. And then wow. like, it's just, you know, really crazy because like I I love like I love his work, but he announced at Comic Con on his panel this year. It's like, you know, I did journalism and then never went back. I did like I did cartoons for a while, left and never came back. And then like, I did it. And it's like I did it and it's just like I just he says if I do it, I'm not gonna be doing it as well. And so it would be a disservice to oh, myself yeah, as a writer yeah. and a writer and a disservice to the fans as well. So he's just like and he's actually in a good spot right now, you know, yeah. doing films, doing television, and okay. doing that sort he of thing. Because, out, like, man. the thing about, you know, I love when... Because JMS, if you look at him as a writer, he carefully crafts stories that have yeah, solid does. beginning, middle, middle, and end. That's a story. So, like, you look at his best works, I mean, like, Midnight Nation. Rising Star. Midnight yeah, Nation is my all-time favorite limited Rising series. Smith, I mean, yeah, Rising Star is was, like, oh, was, yeah, was, I, just, I love that one. Yeah, he, he could, he, you could tell that he definitely loves some comics. And he wants to like flip it. Yeah. yeah. He's good at taking what you think you know and flipping it. Yep. Now, here you can imagine me as a 15-year-old kid, a lifelong Spider-Man fan. I'm mm. just you know, I'm soaking up whatever Spider-Man fan like can do. Mm. And all of a sudden at Amazing Spider-Man Volume 2, issue 30, Peter's hanging on a wall and he sees this other guy next to him who also has spider powers and says, Hey, you ever think you might be something more? Mm. And I'm like, it might be. This. See, that's deep. See, that's and deep. that was Stay incredibly right deep for me as you know, a Spider-Man yeah, yeah, yeah. fanboy. Like, and more? so, like it, you know, it's like you ever, you ever think there's a coincidence why all of you, all your enemies are all animal themed? You're a spider fighting an octopus and a lizard and a rhino yeah. and a guy just like a lion and a vulture and a scorpion. You ever think that might be uh, playing something? And it's like, oh my god, <laughs> oh my god. Well, and then like other, like you know, runs on like. Four and like supreme power, like yeah. you know, supreme powers, like it's. I'll call it, what is it? The greatest, the, it's the greatest <laughs> Justice League story ever told. Well, then flipping, <laughs> but it's like wasn't that them flipping Squadron Supreme though? Yeah. Oh my God! They're like, like I grew up loving Squadron Supreme, but for him to bring it back like that, and it's just like, okay, for a new, new retelling, like they did the Ultimate Universe. Yeah. I, I messes with you. I'm down with you. And then of course, like you said, it is like the JLA, but Marvel's version of them. Yeah. But then again, again. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it'll be. I really like. I really hope he decides to come back or bless us every now and then with an annual or, or something like that. Something. But it's like you know, yeah. one of the. But the thing is, like you know, when JMS is on, he is really on, and he really knows how to do it. But like we said, beginning, middle, end, yeah. and that's a little more difficult to do in superhero comics because you you, know, you formulate these stories. They might get derailed by like the corporate yeah. decisions. Corporate decisions, Ugh, like don't get me started. You know, it's like. <laughs> And so, like you see, like his run on Thor, which mm -hmm. you know I don't call Thor what it is. It's the best superhero comic of the past decade. Okay. Wow. Okay, take it there. Okay. Yeah. I messes with you. Mm -hmm. But, like you know, when they announced that like Siege is going to be held in the middle of Asgard, eh, you know, it tends to like events tend to derail stories. 
Right. And they can't get back on track after right. one. So yeah, like, that, 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 with Siege, it was like, yeah, it was weird. But I, with with Thor, like, I, I've said it before, my favorite Thor is uh, the God of Thunder. Thor, uh, Thor God of Thunder. Yeah, Isai Rubik. Yeah, Isai Rubik. And, um, Isai Rubik is beautiful. I, his, yeah, his yeah, art right. is freaking amazing. Secret Speaking Wars, his art on there is, yeah. wow. No, no, but for me, best Isai Rubik. Silver Surfer Requiem. That's what I was going to say, too. That one. Yeah, that throws down. That's what got me into him. Like, seeing that Silver Surfer, I was like, wow, why does the Silver Surfer look cool? Like, not that he didn't look cool, but it's just the art was like, wow. And then, it like, it reminds me of Jerome Opena, too. Like, when when Kenny X-Force, I was like, wow. Mobius, I will say this. I I bet those cats love some Mobius. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mobius has European type of aesthetic to it. Yeah. And it's like, because of that, it's just like, yeah, I love American comics, but I'm coming at it from a European standpoint. Him and Jock. Him and Jock, to me, are like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, like, in terms of, like, you know, because I mean, I look at, like, my golden age of comics, which was, like, the, you know mid-2000s range when like mm. you know when like it was just like especially because i'm a marvel i was a marvel right, guy so yeah. like i mean you look at like you know ed brubaker like on captain america oh yeah, yeah, captain, yeah. Hit ed brubaker on captain america with steve epting those first 42 issues is my Winter all-time Soldier? favorite comic yeah. it's my all-time yeah. favorite comic that okay. was just absolute okay. perfection okay. i say this as a spider-man fan and i have to rank that <laughs> I above. Feel you. I feel and you. i look at like you know stuff that redefined me in my youth like Find Michael Bendis on Ultimate Spider-Man is another mm. one of those books yeah, that really right, redefined me. And like, you know, so you can imagine me being a 14-year-old kid in high school reading about a 14-year-old Peter Parker. Oh, and yeah, like, yeah, so yeah. like, he was so good. Yeah. So like, I mean, it was such a golden age for me in the 2000s at that time. Just like, and you had like, you know, Warren Ellis coming in on like, you know, he wouldn't stay long on book, but he would have an impact yeah, on yeah, book. Yeah, oh yeah, my yeah, God, when he came on a book, like I worked with, um, on DVA, I didn't get a chance to work with Warren Ellis. Except for like a what is it fan magazine? It, was, it wasn't Wizard. I think it was Fan. Yeah. And they did like a, a Deviate special because back in the day, they you know Deviate was the, the bad guy versions of Gen Thirteen. Yeah, they filmed about Gen Thirteen. They were like a teenage teenage superheroes of Wildstorm. You yeah, know what yeah. I mean? living in San Diego, California. But like I said, uh, Warren Ellis was one of those characters, those artists that would be like, man. I mean, those writers that are like, he would write something and could show you the the bugs and the worms underneath yeah. the rock that you just flipped over. And you'd be like, oh, that's what they look like? Yeah. That's what this is? Okay. Okay, keep on reading. And just like, it take you from beginning, middle, and end, but definitely show you some stuff and make you experience some stuff that you'd be like, I didn't know I was going to see that. Yeah. But I'm I'm down with this. And, I, you know, he gets inside the mind of a, of a character or whatever. It just shows you, like, this is why they're bad. Or, and they'll make these yeah. decisions. Yeah. Now, especially you know? for me, like, my favorite Warren Ellis project, Thunderbolts. Just like, 10 issues. Okay. Okay. But okay. it was like, wow. When Backley was wow. doing them or who? Like, it's when like Deodato was doing it. Okay, okay. When they had yeah. like Norman Osborn leading yeah. the team yeah. with Bullseye and Venom. Like, good stuff. And he's, especially because like, you know, Norman was, you know, keeping his cool for a while. He's keeping his cool. He's like, he was losing he's his, like, you know, he was, but he was like losing shit. it little by little. <laughs> you know and like, you know, you know, because like, because every year, like in comics, there was always like, you could always remember what was the most definitive moment of the, of the year yeah. that yeah. happened. Yeah. So like, you think of like, okay, 2000 like 2007 what was the definitive moment of the year the death of Captain America oh, that yeah. was the definitive yeah, moment yeah, of the comics yeah, yeah. like you think of like what was the definitive did. moment of 2009 that was like an old man Logan when he finally popped his yeah, clock yeah, my name's yeah, Wolverine yeah, yeah, what was the moment of 2008 when Osborn lost his shit and he, finally became the Green Goblin again. Yeah, he popped the mask off and still had the he was makeup just, on. Yeah. He was like, this yeah. cat is crazy as shit. Yeah, and the <laughs> fact of like, you know, the costume that Dale Dado designed from, it was like, you know, the class, it was still like, Iron Man. it was, it was still like, the thing is, 
they took the Power Ranger costume from the Spider-Man movie, yeah. the armor from it, but they colored it with the green and the purple, so it worked. Mm. Yeah. And it was like, wow. Okay. They actually made that suit work. It actually mm -hmm. was ugly. But then they gave him the rubber mask, but with like the holographic lenses yeah. that looked like the 60s yes. mask. And it was just like absolute perfection. And they still gave him like a purple leather yes. tunic. So yes. it was like a perfect mesh of like classic, yes. new, new, and new creative. And it yeah. was just like when Osborne like lost his shit and just went around just like killing members of his own team. I'm like, that like, was that's, like... That's genius stuff. That was that's, that's genius comic. Stuff. That's good comics. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that good comics. comics. Yeah. That is good comics. Yeah, that's that is pretty... <laughs> Let me ask you this right quick. Um, you said you want to be a writer, correct? Or you write? Or what's well, you know, you I edit. do comic history. Okay. I do like... I do editorial, but of course I like, I, like you know, I, I, I write as well. I okay. don't draw. Don't, don't draw, but you write. <laughs> but I write. Are you trying to be um, more of a writer or is it just something that you dabble in or they're like, you know, are you, you know, now that I was it? like, you know, the thing is about being a comic editor, it's like, that's being an editor is you doing other people. Of course. Yeah. You gotta You're doing other people. Character, and eventually, and then of course, everywhere. like I started, you know, working as a writer, I mean, like in my day job for a historical society that mm -hmm. I write for. Mm -hmm. You find writing is you doing you. Yes. And so like now it's like Your voice is valid. Your voice is valid. And so like <laughs> and then you find the thing about, you know, historical writing is you have to be very constrained yeah. and you're limited by yes. things because you have Just to adhere to facts. Just the facts. But I mean it's like I'm not interestingly though. But it's like sometimes alternative facts. Alternative facts. You know what I mean? But it's like you get that itch to come up with something creative when yeah. you're bogged down, yeah. especially like learning all this stuff in history, and it's like you know, that could be applied to a story. You that could be applied somewhere. to a story. Yeah, because right. yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. all the most entertaining stories that you learn are often deep-seated in fact. I mean, I love writers like Brian K. Vaughn, who will like, oh, yeah. throw in fact upon fact, yeah. upon fact upon fact yeah. upon fact upon yeah. fact after like what you're doing in the story. Yeah. Yeah. I love that meta moment when they had contracted him in Ex Machina with Tony Harris to try to like write the comic and Tony Harris is all hassling. He was like, why do you keep saying like, you know, these stupid dumb facts every two seconds? Can't you just shut up? <laughs> my, my favorite little thing that he did was in Why the Last Man when, uh, he has the Jesse's preacher. He has his lighter that says "fuck communism." Yes, and he's like, and uh, agent, I forget her name, agent three five five or yeah. He said, "Why do you have it?" I was like, "Oh, it's old comic I used to." Read. I'm like, "Dude, like." Preacher to me is like the book in high school that made me love comics again. So oh, it was yeah. when when I read Why the Last Man, I was like, I was losing my shit. I was like, what? Even it's just the mention of a lighter that's fucking awesome. Like I lost my. I the thing my about mind. comic books from my like universes is that they are universes, and when you have them interact with each other, yeah. that's when you mind the gets best. blown. That's when you get you know like when Marvel's like this is our universe and we run it and we own it. Boom! Yeah. It's like oh my god, Marvel universe. It's, 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 it's like that thing where you find out where there's all these universes and apparently. There's a hidden universe that is the Marvel and uh, DC universe that are, sometimes they can make comics to mess well, with you, each well, other. Like, say, yeah, but like when you have like an X-Men book and then it has Spider-Man come swing by. Yeah, yeah, York, yeah. That's just the best. Yeah. When you have Wolverine, when they're not trying to uh, use Wolverine to death, but he shows up in somebody's book, it's like, that's the best. Yeah. Like DC, like they, they're, like I said, I, and I talk about them and I try not to talk about them in a way that lets you know, like, yeah, I work for them and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. Like, but it's like, I can't even front. I, when they made like the the mandate like no more no more underwear on the outside of Superman or any other superhero. That's the thing. I I I like panish. You know what I mean? I like the panish. You know what I mean? Yeah. You know I'm down with that. That's why it's like I don't know if I know that we uh it might be a double issue. I don't know. I had this question I want to hit up. It's like uh, Brandon Roth um, Superman Returns. You watch that? You seen that movie? Yeah. Right? Okay. I I just recently watched it again. It takes click for me. Where I just like okay. 
we haven't seen a Superman movie in years. Right. Yeah. Before that, it was it was um, Christopher Reeves, yeah. and then it was like uh, then he had, he had Smallville, time. which was like Smallville, kind of, but not yeah. not a Superman movie. So that's what they're yeah. gonna do Superman in the movies again and bring it back. They got the classic Superman yeah. outfit, underwear, the boots. We're gonna do these classic scenes. Watch the movie. It's lots of action in the beginning. She's you know like all kind of catching planes. Uh, catching cars and all kind of doing stuff, but then it gets weird when you be like, okay, what's what's who's the villain? You be like Lex Luthor, and then it's like, oh, what's his scheme? It's a kryptonite real estate scheme. Okay, who cares about that? And then Superman left about the planet that. for five years, and then he comes back, and you find out that him and Lois Lane, you know, had, had a baby, had, had a baby, yeah. and it's like then Superman's doing things where he's hovering outside the house, looking being perving, kind of like looking through the walls, you know, just seeing what their life is like. Yeah. And then he's like going it's like inside of the kids' room, just like yeah. watching it. It's like. Like, come on, Superman, what are you doing? Then it becomes a kind of whack movie. It's not whack, but it becomes like, oh, it's a little slow towards the end. It, it's it's a little it's a little de- derailed from the derailed, right. Yeah. So so the thing I want the, the point I'm making about this is this. Working at Wildstorm, and I know when they met, had the mandate of saying no more underwear on the outside, I was like, okay, and I like reason why was because they wanted Superman to be able to stand next to Batman and Wonder Woman in the movie. Not look silly. And look silly not look silly with yeah. underwear on the outside. And that's what their reasoning was. But do you realize when they made that mandate, it's like DC had to let go of part of a big like their past, yeah. their history, their legacy, the whole superhero with the underwear on the outside. DC was owning that for a while, but then they no more. Well, the movie they got, got rid of it yeah, because the movie, the movie was, not, the not weird, selling though. right. Yeah, the movie not being as profitable as they expected or wanted it to be. They're like, oh, oh, they got scared. Like we gotta, we gotta slash that. So because of that, now comic books that have lost a big chunk of its nostalgia of that design era. You know what I mean? And I never thought about it like well, that. It's, it's, but also, it's like that's true. It's also because like I felt when I was. Got when as I got older, I was like, I don't want to see my heroes with the underwear anymore. I, I kind of got really? old, I kind of got over okay. it. I was like, I don't want to see All that. All right, here's the thing about people because, like, you know, say, like, there is something that happens about, like, you know, people. It's like, oh, I don't like Superman because he's not a realistic character. That's one more of a Batman guy. Yeah. And 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 it's like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. So it's like because like, I like my comics to be realistic, but it's like you're you also read Spider-Man. He walks on walls. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Skin like outfit. You know and what it's mean? like Batman fights Clayface and he right. beat Darkseid. Right. I'm like that's not realistic. Right. 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 <laughs> Why can't you accept the fact that this is fiction? Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It right. doesn't have to be like you know grounded in reality for everything. You can have some fun with it. Yes. Yes. Like you can have fun with it. I think when people want to change and cater to the audience because times and audiences change, they want to cater to it. And then, like I said, corporate decisions we get all desperate acting like, oh my god, oh, yeah, you know, this, this didn't sell or this didn't. We thought this would hit the market, it didn't, and everything. And I'm like, you gotta, you gotta let it be what it be, man. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like I said, I like watching the movie. It wasn't Brandon Roth. He was dope. This, the costume was yeah, dope. I, I have no the problem with that Superman. I actually liked him as Superman. Yeah. I don't like Henry Cavill, the new guy as Superman. I I'm like. Bre- Bre- I don't they don't like, let him act. They yeah, don't yeah. let him I, do his thing. I, I don't like him because he's like. Yeah, they, they don't let him. They're but, not letting him. But I've do seen his him. Thing. I've seen him in that movie. Um, I think it's the Man from Uncle. Yeah. Movie's amazing. He's a dope he's actor. A, he's a fucking amazing actor. Act. Yeah, he's. They just not letting him act. Yeah. That's the beef. There's all corp. Corporate decisions will ruin your, oh, your yeah, favorite yeah. icon decision. is how I yeah, feel. So like I said, because they're like, no more, underwear, no more underwear on the outside. I have to design some stuff. They're about like gym yeah. and everybody was like, yo, let's give them shoulder pads. Let's do this and that. I'm like, let's just take the damn underwear off and give them a belt. Yeah. It's a onesie. It's okay. I, only thing I did different was give them a bulk of your belt, like a wrestling, yeah, yeah. like kind of like meaty situation. Jim just slimmed it up. But here you go. Then he put like, yeah. little tech lines on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I hate the idea that all DC characters now have 
tech lines. Like like their hustles are made by Wayne Tech. I don't like that. You know what I mean? Well, it, it would be cool if, if like yeah, if they mentioned that. Like all right, Bruce Wayne's making. But they all don't. Of them now. It's just it's just it's just a corporate. It's decision. like I, it's like when Iron Man just makes your suit. Like in the new Spider Man movie, Iron Man. Makes, well, that would make sense. If Iron Man's like I'm gonna find you, Spider Man, and I'm gonna bless you with a yeah, suit. Yeah, yeah. That's like armor. That makes sense. Yeah. That makes sense. It's like it's. It's how you justify that. Yes. Yeah, and you have like you know Spider-Man being a very like you know just character like you know it's like I, I just don't like the whole shoehorning of super of right. certain characters right. into roles. It's just like throwing them in for like the sake of a cameo. I want you to yeah. justify your characters. Right, right, right. Now the whole thing about that you know we're talking back to Spider-Man in Civil War. Mm. You know they had started filming Civil War. They were like nearly done with it, and then. Sony and Disney yeah, work it out and then they had him in yeah. it? Okay. and of course I'm yeah. like all of a sudden it's like okay we're putting Spider-Man in I'm like you're gonna shoehorn him in you're gonna shoehorn well, him in now right but, but the thing is the execution <coughs> of the character was perfect mm-hmm. because mm-hmm. it still suited the story yep it established Spider-Man. Yep. And honestly, I thought that that guy was a perfect Spider-Man. He was. Yeah, he, he was. He's, young, he's dirty. Cool. I, I had, active. like, I had, um, I had at first, like, when they announced, and Marissa Tomei is going to be Aunt May. I'm like, oh, yeah. yeah. I, was, I, was I, I, was, I wasn't on board with that at first yeah. until I saw her, and I realized, you know what? Young Aunt May. Ben and Aunt they May were big. a little older than Mary and Richard uh, than Parker. Mary and Richard Parker. Yeah. Right? But, like, yeah. why not make them, like, real aunt age? That's like you know. Yeah, yeah. They don't have to be old. It's no, like, I mean I, no. I can be down for Aunt Milk. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it. And that's what it it's is. It's because you know Tony Stark is just going to be hitting yeah, on her. Yeah, yeah. And it it pays perfect. It's awesome. Yeah, it? Spider Spider Man's going to be like, what? Are you going to be my new fucking uncle or something? You but know, I'm Uncle Tony. Uncle Ben's going to be in there. Like how? Would it be? They're not using Uncle Ben anymore. Now, and of course, that's the thing too. Other thing I loved about it is we didn't get an origin story. Yeah. Guess what? Didn't we it. know the origin of Spider Man. We don't need it. Just throw him in there. Get him in here, and they get him in in a justifiable way. But now, what they did with the costume as well, too, because one of the pet peeves I have as a Spider-Man fan is I hate when Spider-Man gets angry and an artist will draw him like squinting with the lenses. Oh, you like when the lenses? And no, uh, like, I hate it. I hate I it. It's it. like I don't like it. I don't like it. It's always bugged me. But when they <laughs> justified it with Stark Tech, yeah, yeah. adjustable yeah. lenses, yeah. I'm like, you that, you is like cool. that is cool. That is cool. I pooped a little bit. They, yeah, they, like and, and then he even had the classic little uh, the webbing, the webbing on the weave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Like that's. I've only think about the new costume. I'm not thinking it's the black striping on it. You yeah, know, like yeah, how they segmented. I was like, yeah, I, I, I got no problem with it. It's cool. Like, you don't have to. It was just like they did it for. Movies, yeah, to make it look cool. That's you that's didn't what, have to do Spider Man's outfit. That's, that's, is cool. what, that's what you do for a movie, man. man plus, they, plus, because you also had Spider Man like three times already, and you you don't like, yes, it's the same costume, was, but different pieces. So, it's just their version like of doing it. To have Marvel finally get their hand on Spider Man, to finally get their hand on Spider Man. If they did another origin, I wouldn't trip. They didn't need it, but I wouldn't trip because I knew as a fan, he's come home. So I'll take now. Yeah. Now I can start watching Spider-Man movies and appreciate it. It's the same thing though. You can say with X-Men so, uh, and the Fantastic Four. Until they come back to Marvel. Until they come back to Marvel. Until they come back to Marvel. But you can't knock how good Logan looks. Logan looks like an, it's going to be an amazing movie. A new movie. Yeah, that. It does look cool. It, it you looks, know, no, 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 no. Yeah, it looks cool. You know what pisses me off? I wanted a movie or a scene or an arrow with the costume at least once. Oh no no no! They said they said that they might that there might be. I hate we'll, 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 we'll just have to wait and find yeah. out. Screw All right, last question before we okay. leave. Okay, okay. man, you're stuck on an island. Three comics. What are they? Okay, so I've gotten the desert island question before. So yeah. pretty much like I, <laughs> when I do, uh, if I'm stuck on a desert island, I want the comics that I you know feel like I want to have. Yeah. So, the number three book on that list would be 
Bond I just met. Okay. Yeah. Good one, man. Good one. That's now, a good one. Because when I finally got around to reading Bone like six or seven years mind. ago, it's Blue like, I'll just it. like, uh, okay, I'll just read a chapter of it and I'll like. You feel the first, like, yeah. when, the snow, when the first snow comes? 1,400 pages done in an afternoon. Gosh. I have never. Wow. Ne I, it's, like, I, it's like, I could not. I could not <coughs> stop. It was like a cartoon page. in your head, wasn't yeah. it? <clears throat> no, it's like, and I could not stop turning page. Mm -hmm. I didn't think I would knock out a book like that. And it's that a much Bible. material. It's like, yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. the original Bible. It's like I will take thick. a week to go through an omnibus or something yeah, like that. Yeah, and then those yeah. are 800 pages. Right, right. But, but Bone, I could not put wow. it down. It was, that's a good choice, man. Great choice. I remember when it was coming out, it was like, man, this is cool, but I don't know. But then when you finally sit with it, yeah, yeah, you it blows your mind. It's a genius adventure. It's like it's like there are characters that you fall in love for and you yeah. want more of. But then it's like it's beginning, middle, and end to the story. You feel satisfied. You ain't. It's all good. Now if they did a part two, you'd be like, man, can I handle a part two? <laughs> I don't know if you're gonna be like, more? you know what? Like I know Disney was supposed to try to uh, he was he talked to Disney, I think, about doing something with it. Which he should. It would be so amazing if they did a, a movie with Bone. You never know. Well, it would be, number it would be two. What's your number two now? My number two book. Um, I would take like an omnibus of the Ditko Spider-Man stuff. Okay. Ooh, okay. You want to go back in the day? I want to okay. celebrate a classic. Yeah. Okay. A character okay. I love. Okay. Okay. And just how I'm all these you love too. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. And because like you know with the character I love, and so I just want to bring that in there, mm -hmm. and then. For the number one book, I'd bring a copy of Marine Man. No? Yeah. Because he is the number one yeah. fan. And you're stuck on an island, so... And he does get stuck on an island. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One of the characters does get stuck on an island, so there's a good guy. Some fish facts in there, too. Yeah. So, yeah, it might help you out on an island. You, you, will, yeah, you will survive longer on an island, thanks to Marine Man, than I ever would. Because I didn't know those fish facts, right? Hey, hey, that's true. That's true. That, yeah, that, that's good. Good, good, good. Uh, it's, picks, a good it's a good choice. Good picks, good man. Choice. It messes with you. That's, that's, that's... That's lovely. <laughs> <laughs> well, guys, no we, we reached the end. Uh, this, this, this has been fun. We are going to bring you back again. Would you come back and talk with us again? In a heartbeat. Awesome. That's what it, it was. About. It was fun. Yeah. It was fun having you. You know a shit ton of stuff. Yo, yeah. plug up where the, uh, the show is again. Uh, San Diego Comic Fest. It'll be Four Points Sheraton. That's, uh, that is uh, the 17th through the 20th. We'll be starting off with a preview night party tomorrow night, mm. starting at 5 p.m. Right. We'll be, uh, Lonzo from Little Fish Comic Book Studio is making uh, Kirby-themed cocktails. I'm a big fan of the dark really? side. Uh, really good. Oh, okay, the dark side. I want to try that. <laughs> so yeah, you can come by and get your Kirby cocktails all yeah. weekend long. So the show will be going on Saturday from 10 to 6, Sunday from 10 to 6, Monday from 10 to 6. So come on by and have yeah. it. Yeah. You should make some cookies called Kirby Crackle. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Hey, anything there else you, you want to, you know, plug? Anything else you got going? Little Fish Studios. Oh, yeah. Yeah. If you're interested in uh, becoming a comic artist, comic writer, or anything, you know, working actively in comics, check yeah. out Little Fish Comic Book Studio. Mm. How far is that from right where we at? Oh, it's over by SCSU. It's, okay, okay, yeah. Yeah, just take like the 70th Street exit. It's just right over there. Mm -hmm. And then we've got a wonderful library of comics if you just want to hang out and read comics all day. Yeah. Just want to hang right. out, meet some people you never knew who might pop their head in there and say hello. Right. Also Hola. check out the San Diego Comic Art Gallery down at Liberty Station. Go down there and visit TJ. He'll talk your head off when it comes to comics too. Yeah, we, 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 we've been there. It was nice. It's, it's a fun place to go. Yep, yeah, go down there, buy some artist editions, buy some My Little Pony, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, whatever you have. Like they got they, oh, bro, they, they got the Dick Tracy up in there. I remember I lost, really? I lost my oh, mind when I saw the Dick collection Tracy, of no. Dick Tracy. I was yeah. like, what? How do yeah. you like? Yeah. Whoa! Dick like Tracy's they have a amazing. bunch of old stuff there, man. Mm -hmm. But um, I this. Uh, this has been I Am Comics <laughs> Podcast, episode 21. I am Josh Casper. I am JJ Kirby, Grumpy Wizard. And with us, 
Not Dunford. Not Dunford. <laughs> um, you guys can listen to us on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, and Google Play Music. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. Um, you can find Matt pretty much anywhere, right? Yeah, just like look for me on Facebook at Matt Dunford. Um, you can look at me on Instagram at Matt Dunford. Um, I have Twitter as well, but I never use it. It yeah. usually just gets hacked by porn bots. Yeah, yeah, pretty, pretty right. much. <laughs> That's what's been happening to us. It's, it's a human thing. It's a modern human thing. And then um, also check out um, the SD Comic Fest on Instagram. It's um, We follow them. It's, it's a very fun fun page. It's a fun page to do. And uh, check out our even more fun event this weekend. Yeah. Uh, to peoples. Can't wait to see you guys there. Yeah. All right, guys. Read on. <laughs>